Will we see another first-round surprise during tonight's festivities again? Where will the drafters push Daryl Henderson up to? And who will have the best squad when all the dust settles after this draft tonight? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our pick-by-pick analysis as we call the action from the 2021 FFPC Pros vs. Joes Sweet Baby Jesus League Number 3 to see who will win a 2022 FFPC main event squad. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts and our Gerzakin addicts. Dave's not doing the show tonight. The Ferreliacs, because Farrell is doing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Rob, our mutual friend and uh, producer, and thanks to the Quiet Hollers for that awesome intro music. Get all their music at quiethollers.com. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by myffpc.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Tonight, we have the third of six extra special episodes for you. It's the 2021 FFPC Pros versus Joes Sweet Baby Jesus League number three draft tonight, and we will be covering it for you for the next two hours. You can follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash football. Shout out to the chat room right now. we got a lot of uh, familiar faces in there. Henry Mudo, the Bourbon City Ballers, John Terry, uh, and then the champs, the defending champs in the Pros versus Joes, Bip Lab Mandel and Hudson Kern-Reeb, along with Shane Hallam, who drafted here on Sunday night in the PBJ. Uh, you guys can post any questions you might have in there. You can also connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Farrell is at J. Farrell Elliott. The Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship is at KFFSC. And, of course, the FFPC at, you guessed it, FFPC. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where you can get in touch with the show. And if you want to give us a call tonight and talk about the draft, please do. Let us, hear, let us know your thoughts. Who's screwing up? Who's crushing it? Uh, we want to know from you, the viewing public, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. Feel free to email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, we will get to them as much as we can throughout the broadcast tonight. Thanks to, once again, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, and our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. As a reminder, Monday is the deadline day for the 2021 FFPC main event early draft slot announcement. So when you get your team paid off in full, you'll get your draft slot on August 1st. And remember, if you already have a team in the FFPC main event, you're thinking about maybe adding another one, $400 off each additional team you add on. doesn't matter if you're drafting online from the comfort of your own home 
or if you're drafting live at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. Square those balances away now at MyFFPC.com. Don't forget about our inaugural best ball tournament, our mid-stakes football guys players championship, our best Cinco Day best ball for $5. Of course, our best ball and dynasty startups all at MyFFPC.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce tonight's lineup uh, in the PBJ number three for 2021. Josh Hayes from Roto Baller leading things off from the one spot, followed by longtime FFPC uh, 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 drafter and a very accomplished player, Rob Vieira, drafting second. Alien Fantasies, David Dodds picking third. And the champ, the overall champ from last year, one half of the champ uh, championship squad from last year, uh, Biplab Mandel, he is hitting cleanup. I know Kern Reeve is in the chat tonight. I want to know, Kern and, and Bip, are you guys together again this year, or is this just Bip's team? Hopefully you guys are together because you made magic happen last year. Please let me know there. Uh, fifth is John Daigle from uh, NBC Sports Edge. Derek Kappas right after him. Dynasty Depot's Nelson Burbett drafting seventh, followed by the FFPC Joe Robert Coe. Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC Pros versus Joes from Fantasy Mojo, is indeed drafting ninth tonight. Matt and Andrew Stone follow him at 10. Marcus Grant from NFL.com is picking 11th. Edward and Mike Vu are picking 12th tonight, ladies and gentlemen. They are already through the first round. These guys uh, mean business tonight. So let's get to it and tell you exactly what happened in the first round. Christian McCaffrey to Josh Hayes with the first overall pick. Dalvin Cook to Rob Vieira with the second pick. Uh, Travis Kelsey right after that, the first tight end off the board at the 103 to David Dodds, followed by Alvin Kamara to Bip Lab Mandel, the defending overall champ at four. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, to John Daigle, Austin Eckler to Derek Kappas, followed by Derek Henry to Nelson Verbit. So we're seeing a, a pretty familiar refrain here. Six, I uh, beg your pardon, yeah, six of the first seven picks are indeed running backs tonight. Darren Waller, the second tight end off the board, uh, Darren Waller goes to Robert Coe at the 108, followed by Saquon Barkley to Darren Armani uh, and Fantasy Mojo at the 9. The uh, first wideout selected comes at the 110. Um, that is Tyreek Hill tonight. And uh, then the final two picks of the first round, George Kittle to Marcus Grant, Antonio Gibson to Edward and Mike Vu as uh, round one is now complete. And Farrell, as we look at this uh, first round draft board tonight, I believe this is the first time we have seen three tight ends go in the first round in a pros versus Joe's competition this year. You think that's going to be the norm as we get closer to the start of the season, seeing a Kelsey Waller and Kittle all go in the first round? Uh, no, Bucky, I don't. First time for everything, but this will be the outlier. What is not the first time for everything is uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, before Derrick Henry and what may be the first time Probably not, but the first time I've noticed it, uh, Austin Eckler in front of Derrick Henry. So a shakeup in this round um, with how the running backs are going, I think, is the news here. Antonio Gibson, I think this is the first time we've seen him in the first round. What about that becoming the norm? Because he's picking up a lot of steam, a lot of hype uh, for being a first-round pick. Obviously a rocked-up guy at 220 pounds, and he can catch the football. And that offense looks a lot better than it was last year. Yes, sir, and he supplants Jonathan Taylor as the first rounder, so it's natural uh, that uh, that Gibson would be the the newest running back to join uh, to join that first round. There's some other guys that, based on preseason, uh, that we could see flirting with that first round. One of them right down the road from you, Buck. That's true, and we will get to that in the second round right here. Uh, let's go forward. The first pick of the second round is indeed Joe Mixon at the 201 to Edward and Mike Vu. 
followed by Jonathan Taylor, a guy who used to play right down the road for me in Madison. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, the former Badger, now Colt to Marcus Grant from NFL.com. Trio of receivers right after that, Stephon Diggs to Matt and Andrew Stone. Uh, Devontae Adams to Darren Armani with the 204. And then you see DeAndre Hopkins go off the board to Robert Coe as the fourth receiver selected tonight. Najee Harris pairs with Nelson Verbit. This is the second time we've seen the Alabama backfield combo um, for one of the pros versus Joe's drafters. Nelson Verbit from Dynasty Depot starts his draft off with Henry and Najee Harris. Derek Kappas pairs Calvin Ridley and his monster target share to uh, Austin Eckler um, in the uh, second round. Uh, and then another uh, uh, triple running back attack here. Aaron Jones to John Daigle. Clyde Edwards-Alaire to Biplab Mandel, who I just found out is no longer with Kern Reeve as teammates in the pros versus Joes. Uh, and, uh, by the way, overall champs uh, were those guys. Nick Chubb right after that to David Dodds from Alien Fantasy. Kyle Pitts makes an appearance in the second round tonight. Rob Vieira, really smart, high-stakes player. Rob Vieira takes him at the 211 tonight. DK Metcalf right after that to Josh Hayes from Rotoballer. This is interesting, Farrell. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the second. We'll break down the second round in full, but let's talk about this Kyle Pitts selection. Rob Vieira was almost on the end. Now, he could have waited to take Kyle Pitts in the third round. In fact, if you look at his FFPC ADP, which we will praise Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com for compiling all the great ADP and all the great um, FFPC data uh, that you should. If you're playing in the FFPC, you need to be a subscriber. Um, it's very inexpensive, and the amount of data you get there uh, is tremendous for not only drafts but also the waiver wire management throughout the season. Um, but according to that data, over the last five days in FFPC Best Ball Slims, he's going on average at the 306. So, if you, you know, you'd like to think if you're Vieira, you could get somebody else at the 211 and then grab Kyle Pitts at the 302. Farrell, he went aggressive. He got his guy at the 211 tonight, making Kyle Pitts officially a second-rounder in the pros versus Joes. I don't see that much gamble in this selection because if he wanted Pitts, he may have thought the number one team would get him. He would have to draft him at the end of the second, beginning of the third. And the receivers on the board, of which he was going to grab one, Metcalf, Brown, or Justin Jefferson, and I could live with any of those guys bulky. So, uh, you know, I think that was behind that decision. Um, moving, uh, no, we're not going to move on to the third round yet. I do want to talk about uh, the rest of the second round here um, and some of the picks that stood out to, to me. Um, you look at Stefan Diggs, Farrell. I, I don't want to say he flip-flops back and forth with Tyree Kill here for the, um, for the first receiver off the board in FFPC leagues, but it's been close. Um, I think Hill's moved ahead of him officially. Yeah, according to the data, Hill 110, Stephon Diggs 201. Do you have a preference if you're going receiver early and if you're going to take the first receiver off the board, do you have a preference between Hill and Diggs? The shootouts in the AFC West make me want to lean uh, towards Hill. What makes me think that Diggs might be the pick is, is Diggs has the biggest room to improve. I think Diggs could actually break through some record barriers that we have seen in a long time amongst pass catchers in the league. Um, it's also a situation that the AFC West uh, must tangle uh, uh, with the NFC East this year in scheduling. So they all get Dallas once. They all, unfortunately, get uh, Washington Football Club once. So I, it's a coin flip, and it depends what I want to do with the rest of the roster and uh, should I want to get more Chiefs? Should I want to get more Bills? Um, but, yeah, you, you can't go wrong with either player. 
I might lean towards Diggs in the second round rather than Hill in the first. Tonight's drafter, uh, Matt and Anthony, uh, Matt and Andrew Stone get get them both, so uh, interchangeable for them, and they have the two best receivers in the league. Fourteen out of the first twenty-four picks tonight, running backs. That's a little bit down, for believe, from what we saw the last couple of nights. And only four teams in this uh, draft tonight start off running back, running back. So uh, the receivers won a little bit earlier tonight. Obviously, we hadn't seen three tight ends go in the first round before, and we saw four uh, tight ends in the in the first um, uh, twenty-three picks tonight too. So tight ends and receivers getting a little bit more pushed up. Running backs falling slightly here tonight. Um, let's get into the third round because only one team started off with three straight running backs and he's getting some flack from the blog talk radio chat room right now about that pick we'll get to it shortly deandre swift to josh hayes uh the lineba- uh, linebacker the running back from the lions uh goes with the 301 tonight aj brown to rob Vieira, justin jefferson to david dodds uh that is uh, both those squads first receiver tonight in the third round jk dobbins is who i was referring to uh bip lab mandel takes him with the fourth pick of the third round, that is his third running back he has selected. So all running backs so far for BIP, uh, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and J.K. Dobbins. Mark Andrews after that as John Daigle's number one tight end here. Uh, and moving forward, another trio of receivers. The receivers seem to be going in bunches. Keenan Allen to Derek Pappas, Michael Thomas to Nelson Verbit at the 307, and then C.D. Lamb, the first Cowboys receiver off the board, to Robert Coe. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, after he goes to Fantasy Mojo, the second Cowboys receiver goes off the board to Matt and Andrew Stone. They are the lone team to start off with three straight receivers. Chris Carson joins Marcus Grant's NFL.com team at the 311, and Allen Robinson completes the third round tonight at the 312 as Edward and Mike Foo's number one receiver. So a lot of receivers here, Farrell, going in, uh, in round three. That is seven receivers going in, in, uh, in the third round tonight. And I got to wonder if, if you're in a format like this, or maybe you're just drafting like a normal FFPC slim on the website, knowing that the running backs are going early, how do you exploit that? Do, do, are, you, are you of the opinion where you want to load up on a couple of running backs right away and then scoop up the receivers in the third round like everybody else? Or do you want to flip it like Matt and Andrew Stone did tonight and avoid running backs altogether and then get – target monsters like Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, and to some extent Amari Cooper as well. Yeah, I like what both of these teams are doing. In a, in a, a year's draft like we have this year that is so deep at wide receiver, I cannot argue with what Vic Mandel is doing. And if anybody's giving him trouble over Dobbins, I don't understand it. Dobbins is the lead running back for a team that is designed and directed and wants to fulfill their destiny by running the football. And he's going to get many, many chances to do just that in that offense. And so to have Dobbins in the third round is a wonderful thing. But what would bother me about starting the three receivers, and they are glorious receivers, Hill, Diggs, Cooper, uh, they enter now what is being kicked around, and I don't agree with this terminology, but what is being kicked around in rounds four through six as the uh, running back dead zone. And I can find running backs in the dead zone I like, but lots of people are pointing their fingers and saying that the fourth or fifth and sixth round is a difficult place to get running backs. And that's where this team is going to get their first one uh, as we move into that round later. I don't necessarily agree with it. These would be the most two interesting teams to watch 
Uh, I, I don't necessarily think, you know, I guess what I'm going to say is if I'm going to take those three wide receivers, I hope with my fourth pick, I'm going to have a tight end that I want to go with. But guess what? They're all gone. The top tier of tight ends are, are through three rounds here are all in the books, and they're on somebody else's roster. I want to ask you about Dobbins here a little bit because you loved him being selected by Bitblad Mandel at the 304. And, and for what it's worth, his ADP in this format, running back 17 at the 307. So technically, if you want to look at ADP, he went and got him a little bit early. But obviously, we're picking at nits. He's not going to get him in the fourth round, so he got him right there. Um, the reason I bring up Dobbins and John Terry pushing back a little bit on Bitblad Mandel's third-round pick saying he, he screwed that pick up. He did not like the uh, Dobbins pick for, uh, for Bip there. Um, last year in 15 games, Dobbins only had 18 catches in his career at Ohio State. Um, he, I mean, he, he got at least 20 catches every year, but he never topped 26. Are you concerned about J.K. Dobbins being an effective pass catcher in that Baltimore offense going forward this year, Farrell? Well, I'm concerned about everybody in the Baltimore offense being effective pass catcher <laughs> uh, besides the tight end. The tight end is going to catch the passes. And now no one else is going to catch the passes. So what you're living with is a team that will pound the ball. And what he doesn't get in, what he doesn't get in passing uh, yardage and receptions, he will get uh, in red zone touches. And hopefully for this, uh, for Biplab and everyone else who gets in business with Dobbins, uh, they will be in a situation to benefit uh, from those multiple scores. Now, if you're talking about pass-catching running backs in this format, they're out there. It's going to be difficult in the third round of this draft to put any uh, one together uh, as a running back that's going to get big, big passing numbers. Uh, even in the fourth round, you might say that some of those guys are challenged with catching balls. This is what you get when you don't go running backs in the first two rounds. You're, you're running back that is going to get uh, uh, quality and quantity of carries is most likely not going to have catches. Moving on into the fourth round that is now complete here in the PBJ Sweet Baby Jesus number three draft tonight. Uh, Terry McLaurin was the first pick of the fourth round to Edward and Mike Vu. Uh, that is their second receiver to go with Allen Robinson there. Marcus Grant gets his number one wide out, and it's Robert Woods out of the Rams at the 402. Pair of running backs after that. Miles Sanders is the first running back selected by the Stones. That is Matt and Andrew there at the 403, followed by David Montgomery. He goes to pair with Saquon Barkley in that backfield for Darren Armani. Chris Godwin after that, that's the third straight receiver drafted by Robert Coe. No running backs yet as he is loading up on pass catchers, Waller, Hopkins, Lamb, and now Godwin. Nelson Verbit, a little bit of the opposite. Josh Jacobs is his selection in the fourth round, and that's his third running back. Henry, Harris, and now Jacobs out of Las Vegas. Mike Evans is the third straight receiver drafted by Derek Kappas, so he's obviously putting a premium on the receiver position. Ridley, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, now DJ Moore to John Daigle. That's his number one receiver. First quarterback selected once again tonight is Patrick Mahomes. He goes to Biplab Mandel, eschewing a pass catcher once again to focus on his backfield. Three running backs and a quarterback so far for the notorious BIP. Tyler Lockett to David Dodds out of Alien Fantasy. Tyler Lockett is his second receiver. Then you're looking at Julio Jones uh, to Rob Vieira, by the way, who took A.J. Brown in the third round. So now he has both starting Titans wide receivers. And I wonder who he's targeting at quarterback later. Josh Allen, the <laughs> final selection of the fourth round here tonight as the second quarterback off the board and the starting quarterback for Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com. 
Farrell, what do you make of these receivers getting pushed up tonight? Uh, you know, I, I kind of talked about it a, a little bit earlier. You had, what, 14 running backs in, in the first round, uh, first two rounds. Uh, and since then, in rounds three and four, there's only been six more running backs selected. So out of, what are we at now, 51 picks, only 20 running backs off the board. And we're seeing a lot of yellow on the board tonight, something we have not seen in the first two drafts of the pros versus shows competition this year. It looks like a Kentucky draft, Bobby, so I'll be right at home. Yes, it does. I will tell you, congratulations uh, to Team 12, Edward and Mike. Uh, These guys got a steal uh, with uh, uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think McLaurin would have been a fine pick for Team number 10. I like him better than Lamb, and I absolutely love Lamb. I like him better than Cooper. Um, Terry McLaurin is – is going to propel Team 12, so they've got a good mix coming out. Um, Godwin, Evans, uh, back-to-back are damn near close to it. Uh, Bip Lab at quarterback here, that surprises me. Uh, yeah, these receivers coming up in here, these are the guys I expect. Uh, this uh, this new guy we got coming out of the number three hole, uh, David Dodd, so, you know, he should be challenged being you know, an inexperienced drafter like he is, but he goes out and gets 100 reception Tyler Lockett. And, you know, for the redrafts, you don't know when Tyler Lockett's going to get those 100. Pretty much count that he's going to get them. And uh, that's the kind of player uh, for this format. And if I was going to push up any uh, wide receiver, that might be who I would want. And that would have been a nice way for Biplev to cure his lack of, uh, of wide receivers there at the four spot. Yeah, David Dodds is a guy who, um, along with Clayton Gray from uh, Football Guys, I know they've won at least um, uh, a couple uh, high-stakes, live high-stakes drafts uh, with the FFPC out in uh, uh, Las Vegas. Oh, he's that the, David Dodds? Yes, yes, he is that David Oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a whole other thing then. Okay, I understand. He, yeah, they won um they won the 2500 auction or the 5000 auction or both. I can't remember. Um but very accomplished player as he uh, has moved on to Alien Fantasy now and repping that brand tonight. Um there was one other thing that stood out to me. Oh, yeah, your McLaurin comments. So, there's a couple of schools of thought on Terry McLaurin. Number one, the dude's been a target monster the last couple of years and obviously mm-hmm. the quarterback looks to him a lot because he is so talented. Um now, this year, he does get a better quarterback, but there's Logan Thomas there for a full season. They bring in Curtis Samuel. Obviously, Antonio Gibson going to take a step forward. Are you concerned about him not getting the volume this year, Farrell? Or, or even if he doesn't get the volume, is the story that the targets, it's going to be a better quality of targets this year instead of just pumping it to him all the time? It's going to be a better quality of targets. It's going to be more downfield air yards realized. It's going to be a situation where – the defense cannot key on him. Football, the greatest team sport ever invented. If you look at some of McLaurin's comments in the media, he's almost giddy about the quality of teammates and the opportunities that he's going to have in this offense. And, you know, he's, he's kind of wide receiver. He's going to keep old Fitzy young. So it, it's, a, it's a wonderful situation. And they get to play the Cowboys twice. More. Yeah, and 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 I I mean we'll we'll talk about what Biplab did here in the in the fifth round. He's he's trying to I, I think we could see him get a lot of yellow in his column going forward, given his first four picks. And again, Biplab Mandel, the over defending overall champion with uh, Hudson Kern Reeve from the Pros versus Joes last year. So um, he knows what he's doing here, and we will see how he carries out his strategy going forward. Uh, fifth round now complete. Let's get to it. Josh Hayes, 
takes Farrell's uh, uh, Chase Claypool at the 501, followed by Cooper Cup, third straight receiver drafted by Rob Vieira, the FFPC Joe. Kyler Murray becomes the third quarterback off the board tonight. He goes to David Dodds. Jamar Chase, the number one, question mark, receiver for uh, Cincinnati this year is the number one exclamation point. A receiver for Bip Lab Mandel in this league. Lamar Jackson off the board is the second quarterback in this round to John Daigle. Travis Etienne joins Derek Kappas' Austin Eckler in his backfield. Eckler and Etienne is his starting two running backs from the sixth hole. Dak Prescott becomes the third quarterback selected in the fifth round tonight. He joins Nelson Verbit's DynastyDepot.com squad. Robert Coe finally goes with a running back, the number 22 running back off the board. It is indeed Mike Davis, straight out of Hotlanta, as he will be the number one running back for Robert Coe. We were wondering where Daryl Henderson was going to go tonight, Farrell, and I got a text mm-hmm. message from the Bourbon City baller, Kevin Williamson, that he was projecting uh, Daryl Henderson to go at the 507 tonight. After we got the Cam Akers news, he was very, very close. Daryl Henderson goes at the 509 tonight. In uh, Michael Leone's uh, from established the run uh, draft today, the $125 best ball tournament that he did, um, Daryl Henderson went at the 507 in that draft. So that seems to be the, the spot that high-stakes players are taking him right now. That 507 to 509 range is Daryl Henderson. And we'll, we'll talk about him in a second here. But T. Higgins is the fourth receiver drafted by Matt and Andrew Stone at the 510 tonight, joining Hill, Diggs, and Cooper. Justin Herbert, the fourth and final quarterback selected in the fifth round tonight to NFL.com's uh, Marcus Grant. Miles Gaskin, the third running back selected by Edward and Mike Vu here uh, going in the backfield along with Antonio Gibson and Joe Mixon. All right, so, Farrell, let's talk about this Daryl Henderson news. Um, obviously, it's a huge deal that um, Cam Akers goes out for the season with the ruptured Achilles, um, and Daryl Henderson steps into a really plumb situation. This is a guy that, uh, remember, the Rams uh, traded up for, gave up a significant amount of draft capital to acquire in the draft a couple of years ago, a guy who had 1,900 rushing yards in his final season in Memphis, a guy who caught a lot of passes there, and is an excellent third down running back. We got the news today from Sean McVay saying they're not necessarily interested in acquiring a veteran running back or another uh, running back in that backfield. I don't know how you can go to battle in the 2022 season when you are a contender to win the conference championship and go to the Super Bowl, and your backfield consists of Daryl Henderson and undrafted free agent uh, from last year, Xavier Jones. I think they're going to add somebody. So until they do, how are you treating Henderson and drafts? Is this a good spot for him in that mid to late fifth round? I think he should go higher. I definitely think he should go in front of Davis. Uh, I've always been a big Daryl Henderson fan. I think he runs hard. I think he runs mean. He's, his physicality is overwhelms his lack of size. He's a, he's a, he's a big, strong player and a small uh, muscular package. I like uh, so many things about him that I've always thought there was a disconnect between the fantasy player and the real world stats that this player was putting up when given the opportunity. I did not want to cede so many carries to Acres. That's why I haven't drafted Acres very often because I think that Henderson is a great player to come off the bench and play. I think it is more of a 60-40 split than what most fantasy players thought of. So I I believe in the player. Uh, Sure, they'll find running back help for him. They'll have to. But he's going to carry the rock, and he's going to be the number one back for this team. And uh, I don't see that big a disconnect 
between the talent level of, of Akers and Henderson over a 17-game season. Yeah, definitely not four rounds. I think he ought to be a higher draft pick than a 5-7. And we will see how that goes going forward. Certainly it could be one of those leapfrog games where um, you, if you like them and you know you can get them in the fifth and then some guy starts taking them in the early fifth, then you start taking them in the late fourth, then he starts going in the late fourth, and you start taking them in the early to mid fourth. And, and this is how players like him uh, get pushed up in FFPC ADP for sure. So that makes a lot of sense there that he could rise in ADP. I'm with you. I think he should be going higher than the end of the fifth round as he did tonight. Speaking of the fifth round, let's move on to the round after that, which is indeed round six. Uh, Odell Beckham kicks things off the number three receiver for Edward and Mike Vu. Uh, Deontay Johnson from uh, Pittsburgh goes to Marcus Grant. He slides a little bit after Chase Claypool. So remember, Josh Hayes taking Claypool with the first pick of the fifth round. Marcus Grant gets Deontay Johnson with the second pick of the sixth round. Adam Thielen right after that as he makes Matt and Andrew Stone's team the first squad in this draft with, count them, five wide receivers. Uh, all receivers and Miles Sanders so far for the Stones. The FFPC Joe is picking out of the 10 spot. Javante Williams, he slipped a little bit tonight. Running back 25, he goes off at the 604 tonight. Four running backs now for Darren Armani's Fantasy Mojo squad. Tom Brady to Robert Coe after that as quarterback number seven. Kenny Galladay will be the second wide receiver picked by Nelson Verbit from Dynasty Depot here in the sixth round. Kareem Hunt off the board at the 607 pick, the third running back selected by Derek Kappas, who actually you heard on this podcast roughly a month and a half ago. Brandon Ayuk after that to John Daigle, followed by Jerry Judy, the sophomore receiver from Alabama, uh, now in Denver. He joins Biplab Mandel's Jamar Chase as his lone wide receivers thus far. And then a trio of running backs to end it. Chase Edmonds in Arizona. He is David Dodd's selection, followed by Trey Sermon as the penultimate pick of the sixth round here. And then Ricky Mostert, pair of San Francisco running backs to end it here um, with the final pick of the sixth round. Josh Hayes goes with Mostert as his number three running back. Um, so Kenny Galladay is a player that we have not talked about a whole lot this season so far, Farrell. Uh, a guy that was very talented in Detroit, but very injured in Detroit. Missed a lot mm-hmm. of time there. He goes to Daniel Jones in a new offense in, in New York. How do you see him faring there, uh, split out, you know, next to Darius Slayton, um, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Saquon Barkley? How do you think Galladay does this season? Uh, and don't forget our Kadarius Tony there, Buck. Yeah, I think he does and very, Kadarius very well. And Kadarius Tony, good point. And this is the player that I think should have been drafted um, uh, by Edward and Mike. They were really impressing me. And and the wide receivers that went before we got to Galladay, we've seen their best effort. We don't know what Galladay's effort is going to be, but Galladay is one of the best downfield targets in all of uh, wide receivers. I I saw a number, and let me get it, of, of receivers with 100 catches. He has the the best uh, average for a catch. In other words, he's going to move the ball down the field, and he's going to be a target for Jones, and he's going to elevate Jones. This is the kind of player, and Nelson Verbit now has got a situation where he's only got two receivers, but he's got the guys that have tremendous upside, Thomas and Galladay. Thomas is a steal in the third round. Galladay is a steal here for him in the sixth. Galladay at worst should be a fifth-round uh, wide receiver, and as a buzz starts in preseason, because you know the New York Giants, they're going to be uh, well televised and well covered. He is going to move up this board 
um, you know, very aggressively as we go into the redrafts into August. Last season, Adam Thielen was clearly, clearly the number one Vikings receiver drafted in the majority of FFPC uh, high stakes drafts. Um, Justin Jefferson followed thereafter, but Thielen was the guy. This year, it's completely flipped, Farrell. And in fact, there's a deep, yawning chasm between Adam Thielen and Deontay, or Deontay Johnson, between Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Now, tonight, Jefferson goes at the 303 as wide receiver eight. Adam Thielen goes off the board at the 603 as wide receiver 27. Is that too big of a gap? I mean, do you think Thielen should be going? Uh, it's hard for me to say Jefferson should be going later because of how talented he is. But should Thielen be going earlier? I think Thielen's in the right spot. And uh, we can't expect him to score the touchdowns that he did last year. And if he does, whoever is drafting in the sixth round is going to be wonderfully surprised and wonderfully happy. He's a very fine ball player. Entered the league as a free agent that nobody else wanted him. The general manager famously said at Minnesota, if I was that good, I would have drafted him. And nobody wanted this player. And he comes in to be a, a Pro Bowl player and an elite a wide receiver, and he'll continue. He's got a couple more, two or three years left in him, but that was an outlier year for touchdown receptions last year. We have a developing situation between the 9 and 10 spots tonight in, in the draft. Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com picking at the 9. Matt and Andrew Stone, the FFPC Joes, picking in the 10 spot. Farrell, they are, they are um, complementary drafts so far, as we have seen Darren Armani go heavy on running backs. He's got four running backs, a receiver, uh, beg your pardon, a tight end, and only two receivers. Matt and Andrew Stone um, are looking at six receivers and only one running back thus far. When you are in high stakes drafts, Farrell, and you see something like this happening with one of the drafters next to you, do you start trying to punish him by, by taking more running backs, or do you kind of just stay in your own zone? Because obviously the, there's value falling to both these players given their, their team construction right now. Oh, no, Bucky. I go back to my golf games because, you know, if somebody is hit deep in the rough and wants to use three wood to get out, that's their problem. You know, I'm not going to go over and yell, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. So, you know, he's he's drafted drafted six wide receivers uh, who are going to give him very, very solid performances, but he can only score four of them, if I am correct on that. And and he's leaving some points on the board because now we're getting into the range where we're going to have some runs on some tight ends. The the elite quarterbacks are going to disappear. Uh, if, if you're going to be so light at running back and he continues with Miles Sanders as his, as his only running back, um, there's, there's some answers in an 18 round draft that he's going to have to uh, have to make. Now, 28 round back in the best ball days, 28 round, you know, I'm I'm then curious if he's got some if he's got some really great information about some rookie running backs that he think will develop by the end of the year that he can get in the twenties that you know maybe bring all this together. Uh, I think uh, you know I, I think he's getting a lot of attention in this draft, uh, but I don't believe his team will have legs, especially at the running back position. Yeah, I think you're right, and it's continuing here in the eighth round, just pounding the receivers. Love to talk to Matt and Andrew about this, too, their philosophy as we get deeper into the strap. Let's go through the seventh round before it gets away from us, Farrell. Leading things off, Noah, it's a trio of tight ends, actually. Noah Fant to Josh Hayes, Dallas Goddard to Rob Vieira, followed by Tyler Higby to David Dodds. Dodds, 
who Richard Ross in the Blog Talk Radio chat right now is saying he thinks his team looks best to him so far. David Dodds is the first uh, uh, team to double up on tight end. Takes Kelsey in the first, and now Tyler Higby in the seventh, going with um, two of the top nine tight ends selected tonight. Juju Smith-Schuster, the third Steelers dra- uh, receiver drafted. He is also the third receiver drafted for Bip Lab Mandel, the defending overall champ. Robbie Anderson, after that, third receiver drafted by John Daigle from NBC Sports Edge. Russell Wilson, eighth quarterback off the board, the first selected by Derek Kappas. Cortland Sutton, the second Broncos receiver, off the board tonight at the 707 to Nelson Verbit. James Robinson, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Running back 30 tonight. He goes to Robert Coe as his number two running back. Well, I'll tell you what, there's something to be said for that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Devontae Smith to FantasyMojo.com's Darren Armani, followed by Tyler Boyd, third receiver drafted by, uh, by the drafters tonight from Cincinnati, and the number six receiver drafted by the Stones. Um, hopefully these uh, receivers that they're drafting don't have hands like Stone Farrell because that would be a bad combination and a bad outcome for their squad in pros versus shows this year. LaVisca Chenault from Jacksonville to Marcus Grant from NFL.com, followed by Robert Tunyon as the 10th tight end off the board tonight uh, in completing the seventh round, the tight end round, essentially, as it were tonight. Four tight ends going in the seventh round here uh, as we look forward uh, to uh, the eighth round, which we'll get to in a second before we get there. Talk about this James Robinson pick, Farrell. This was a player mm-hmm. that in in the early part, you know, I would say after his value to me or his ADP to me spiked after Jacksonville signed Carlos Hyde. I said this on Sunday's broadcast. Carlos Hyde represents a safe, non-threatening running back that is simply a depth guy and not a threat to become the guy in that Jacksonville backfield, despite Urban Meyer and his history from Ohio State. However, they go out and get Travis Etienne, and then James Robinson stocks plummet. But Robert Coe did not take a running back until round five tonight. So he gets Mike Davis in round five, James Robinson in round seven. Farrell, sometimes when you shop at the island of misfit toys, you find a couple of gems, and if Davis and Robinson pan out the way he pounded those pass catchers with his first four picks, we might be looking at a pretty solid team here. I won't comment about Davis because I'm not a Davis guy, but I am very much excited about this Robinson pick. And any time you can get Robinson in the seventh round, you're crazy not to draft him. And we've got some teams here that passed on him, and and I don't understand it. Uh, All anyone needs to do is look at the film from last year and understand that Jacksonville landed a free agent that can deliver, a college free agent that can deliver. You're not going to forget about what this player did last year. You're not going to bury this player on the bench. He had an excellent year. At the end, does not come in to supplant him, but to support him. There's enough carries for both of these players to be successful, especially when Robinson is the seventh round. And at the end, is falling, too. And we, did, we got him in the fifth round tonight. So uh, the Jacksonville running back situation is going to deliver for these drafters in five and seven. Travis Etienne normally goes at the 501 as running back 22. James Robinson normally goes running back 29 at the 704. If you were in a format like this, or let's say even, um, let, let's wide scope it. If you were in the Football Guys Players Championship, you had the opportunity to get both of these players. Is that something that you would look uh, to do, Farrell, because you don't have to invest more than a fifth-round pick to do it? Or would you rather Absolutely. increase your variance and only grab one? 
You would stack that? Absolutely. I believe in, in football guys, I took them in the fourth and the fifth. I guess I am the one keeping James Robinson out of the eighth round ADP. Uh, we'd have to consult the mojo <laughs> about that. But I may be personally moving James Robinson up the list. But I'm, I'm frightened by those that don't see it because I wonder what they're not looking at when it comes to Robinson and ATN. And, hey, you know, if, if this coach uh, moves in with this team and doesn't utilize the player – well, then the fault's on him. But I think he's already given us some clues of how he views these running backs and what he, how he expects to use them. Eighth round now moving forward here. We kick it off with a quarterback out of Philadelphia and uh, also played in Oklahoma and Alabama. His name is Jalen Hurts. He goes at the 801. Ronald Jones uh, out of Tampa to Marcus Grant from NFL.com. Mike Williams keeps the receiver game strong for Matt and Andrew Stone. Mike Williams, the 803 tonight, also the seventh receiver selected in eight rounds for the Stones. Aaron Rodgers off the board in the eighth round as quarterback 10 tonight. He goes to FantasyMojo.com's Darren Armani. Mike Gesicki, the second tight end drafted by Robert Coe. He is the second, I uh, beg your pardon, he is the third team to draft a pair of tight ends here to double up at the position. Uh, DJ Chark out of Jacksonville to Nelson Bourbon from DynastyDepot.com. Logan Thomas, the first tight end drafted, tight end 12 tonight, first tight end drafted by Derek Kappas um, as uh, the FFPC Joe squares away the WFT tight end. Um, did I say WFT or WTF? I always get it mixed up, and I'm going. To, it's going to get worse as the night goes on. <laughs> Debo Samuel right after that to John Hagel. Michael Gallup, the fourth straight receiver drafted by Biplab Mandel. We talked about this, Farrell. We said that there is a possibility um, that, that Biplab Mandel was going to start pounding the receivers after starting off with three straight running backs and a quarterback. He does just that with Michael Gallup here as wide receiver 40, and then another trio of running backs to end it. Damian Harris to David Dodds. Michael Carter to Rob Vieira, and Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny, to Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com at the 812. Uh, Farrell, I don't know if we have – and I apologize to the listeners who have been dutifully listening, um, you know, the last couple of nights. Uh, my apologies if we talked about this already. Do you think Damian Harris is going too low, running back 32 tonight? I, I feel like you look at him, and, and he's a player, again, that to league backfield. We've been – by New England running backs, are you staying away from him and just letting somebody else draft him? No, I would consider this player. I, you brought this player to my attention, and I think that um, with the offense that uh, Coach Belichick will be putting on the field this year, um, the running back one is going to be successful, whoever he is, and it's going to be Harris. All, his, is, his is not only the job to lose, his is the job to keep. There's no one that thinks it's going to take this job away from him. James White's going to contribute at the position, and I think they make a tremendous one-two punch. No, Harris here is is a real bargain, I believe. Uh, moving forward here, as, as the ninth round is now complete, let's get through that, ladies and gentlemen. Jarvis Landry off the board to Josh Hayes from Rotoballer at the 901. Surprise, surprise. Right, We, we talked about this after he, uh, Rob Vieira took Julio Jones and A.J. Brown back-to-back in the third and fourth round. He does indeed get Ryan Tannehill as the 11th quarterback off the board at the 902 tonight. He's the Titans stack is strong with him. Uh, is uh, Rob Vieira getting it, Tannehill, you Brown, and Jones? It. Well, I mean, I think I think he gave us the layup, right? I mean, he was dropping the breadcrumbs. All we had to do was pick it up. 
Uh, Zach Moss to David Dodds from Alien Fantasy after that. And then a pair of cousins, both with the last name Brown. Antonio to Biplab Mandel. Marquise to John Daigle. A couple of quarterbacks after that. Matthew Stafford to Derek Kappas. So he backs up Russell Wilson right away. Wilson in the seventh. And then Stafford in the ninth. Followed by Joe Burrow, who is backing up Dak Prescott for Nelson Verbit. Melvin Gordon to Robert Coe. And then you have Curtis Samuel going to Fantasy Mojo. Hallelujah! It is a running back to Matt and Andrew Stone, finally, as they had <laughs> seven receivers in the first eight picks. Now they go Tony Pollard. So the top two running backs they have there, Miles Sanders and Tony Pollard. And I'll tell you this, if Ezekiel Elliott goes down, this is the way that you win uh, pros versus Joe's league. Will that happen? I don't know. We'll see. Kenyon Drake after that to Marcus Grant, and then Irv Smith to Edward and Mike Vu. Philosophical drafting question here for you, Farrell, as we are starting to see some of these teams back up their quarterbacks. If you drafted Prescott in the fifth, would you be looking to back him up in the ninth? If you drafted Russell Wilson in the seventh, would you be looking to back him up in the ninth already? I mean, I'm just, I guess for me, if I'm going quarterback in the first seven rounds, I'm probably not going to back him up uh, right away in the ninth round. Your thoughts on that uh, philosophy? Absolutely not. I'm actually going to hang in there as long as I can, and pick up a, two guys from between 14 and 18. And there are some guys out there that pair up very, very well with Dak Prescott that would go later. I'm also going to look at some of the cheap stacks that I can get, uh, quarterbacks like Jones, uh, Wentz, uh, Carr, who will match up very well with some of the other players I might draft, and that's what I want to do in putting together my roster. So now I've got to chase some players to see if they match up with these quarterbacks. And, uh, yeah, I know that that would not be uh, anything uh, that I would want to do here. And I want to give a tip of the cap to uh, uh, Darren Armani, who who uh, was able to pick up Aaron Rodgers in this league, this 17-week league, uh, after Jalen Hurts. So uh, nice job there, Darren. Uh, former guest of the show, John Terry, uh, who's got a great verbal spat going with the defending overall champ, Diplab Mandel, in the Blog Talk Radio chat room right now, which you can join, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening live, blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. Uh, talking a lot of smack. Too. I've never seen a defending champ get, get so much flack um, in, in a draft tonight, so but I know Bip John Lab Terry and Diplab Mandel are buddies. smack while he's drafting? Is that what's happening? Uh, yeah, and yes, and John Terry is telling him you, you can't multitask, Bip. You you've got to either smack talk no, or draft because you cannot do both. And <laughs> so yeah. that's what's happening right now in there. But John Terry also pointing out when we talked about backing up the quarterback situation, he says he doesn't have a problem with it um, in best ball. If this were redraft, like a football guys players championship or an FFPC main event, he would not be necessarily down with it. But he understands it here. Um, Shane Hallam. Uh, also who drafted Sunday night in the uh, FFPC pros versus Joe's. Uh, he says it is a steal to get the lead running back to in Arizona in round 10. Well, I thought the lead running back in Arizona went in round six. We'll tell you who went in round 10. And let's face it. If you're uh, listening to the show, you probably know who we're talking about. Um, final thing I'm going to, I'm going to mention here in the ninth round, Farrell, before we get to the 10th, uh, Zach Moss goes to um, David Dodds here in the, um, in the ninth round. And it, it, he's got an interesting squad shaping up. Only two receivers, but again, you only have to start two receivers. Um, Zach Moss becomes his fourth running back. I, I, I feel like he is kind of pulling away a little bit in the Moss versus Singletary thing. And I think, and I can't, oh man, this is really going to irritate me. I think it was Peter Overzet was, was talking about this. And a lot of times we shy away from these committee running backs, uh, right? In, in mm-hmm. the mid rounds, because like, you know, what, what's, what's the end game there? What's, What's the value? Well, 
I think the value is, and I, I, hadn't, I had not thought about this before. Think about this. It's a low draft capital investment to get a guy like Zach Moss in the ninth round. But if Devin Singletary were to go down, even for a few games, you're talking about like a top 15, top 20 running back in that elite offense. So it would make some sense to, to, to use a, a few picks on players like that. We see David Dodds getting Damian Harris in the eighth. We see Zach Moss going to him in the ninth. Your, your thoughts on, on taking either Moss or Singletary um, in the mid rounds of drafts like this? Nothing wrong with that. Singletary I, gives me pause because Singletary has been given so many opportunities to be successful, and he has come up short. Moss's, uh, Moss's inefficiency is largely brought on by his physical situation and his injury history. At least that's what I believe. And I think Moss will be given the opportunities, and, and, and should he stay healthy, and everyone says that, of course, but in his in his uh, situation, it's it's a dire need that he stays out of the medical room. Now, speaking one thing I'd like to say about Biplab, uh, yes, he doesn't need to multitask, but uh, this surprises me that Biplab and Hudson Fernreeve are not partnering on this team. We, there's a story yes. they're developing. We need some investigative journalism. But see, if you had, if you still had the professor in doing his contribution to the trash talking, it, you know, in in my case, you don't really figure out that you've you've been uh, trash talked by the professor until about four days later, you know, because he's such oh, yeah. a, so artful yep. at it. So, you know, I, I, I think that's, uh, I think the partnership, the, 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 the inequities of uh, drafting alone um, the, from giving up this fine partnership may be, uh, may be at play here. Uh, yeah. Hudson Kern Reed, by the way, the king of Cornell university. Um, I, I think we should, in one of the, one of the best professors they have there, Sometimes I think, much in the same way when Dennis Miller was on Monday Night Football, Farrell, I needed to have Google handy next to me so I could Google some of the things he was saying. Sometimes, and, and, and then like with Kern, it's like with the insults, sometimes, you know, you, you, you start thinking about it, you start researching it, and I'm like, I don't think Kern agreed with me there at all. Hudson was totally against with what I said. Once you break it down and once you research it on the web. So I think there is something to be said for that there uh, as well. Um, let's, um, let's move on to the 10th round be, uh, as it has just completed. And we move into the second half of pros versus Joe's number three, uh, here, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the first pick of the 10th round was indeed Trevor Lawrence to Edward and Mike Vu. Uh, that backs up Jalen hurts for him. Trey Lance, the backup quarterback for Justin Herbert for Marcus Grant, uh, AJ Dillon, the number three running back to Matt Andrews stone. So starting to pound these, um, you know, high upside, um, backup running backs are the stones now from the 10 spot tonight. Evan Engram backing up T.J. Hawkinson for Darren Armani, and then James Conner was that running back that Shane Hallam was alluding to in the Blog Talk Radio chat tonight, saying that Conner, not Edmonds, is the running back to uh, to own in uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, it, beg your pardon, in Arizona this year. Gus Edwards right after that, running back 41, and that is Nelson Verbit's fourth running back as he gets him in the 10th round, followed by Jamal Williams the backup running back in Detroit, or the 1B running back in Detroit, I should say, based on the coaches, uh, what they're saying there. Jamal Williams goes to Derek Kappas. Adam Troutman, the New Orleans uh, Saints uh, tight end, tight end 15 tonight, and the second tight end drafted by John Daigle. His uh, real-life teammate Latavius Murray goes as running back 43 and the number four running back drafted by Biplab. So Biplab Mandel gets running backs in the first three rounds, avoids the position again until round 10, and then you're looking at Brandon Cooks to David Dodds, Will Fuller to Rob Vieira, Michael Pittman to Josh Hayes. Uh, so as we look back on the 10th round, Farrell, 
I, and I suppose I should be the one talking about this because I'm, I'm, you know, closest to the Packers here. I'm really starting to like A.J. Dillon this year. I, I think the thing, if you look at from a fantasy aspect, um, A.J. Dillon versus Jamal Williams, can he replicate what Jamal Williams did last year? Can he be better than Jamal Williams? I think the thing that, that scares me most, Farrell, is, is this a guy that can pick up the blitz? Is this a guy that the Packers are going to trust uh, picking up those, those rogue linebackers coming at Aaron Rodgers? Because if he is, he's going to be on the field more, and it's going to become more of a 50-50 split. We've seen Green Bay really, really want to protect Aaron Jones and keep him healthy for a full season. And it, this could be a 50-50 split, or at least approaching it, if Dylan can pick up the, um, can pick up the, uh, uh, the, the blitz. And if he does that, I think A.J. Dillon's a great pick in the 10th round. I will defer to you on these matters of the Green Bay running backs, but it makes sense to me. Now, I'm seeing Dillon uh, in redraft and in football guys go a lot higher, and I'm not comfortable with him as a single-digit back. But if you get into late 9 and early 10 and what we're dealing with here, why not? Uh, There are uh, a number of running backs in this 10th round that I really, really like. Uh, uh, Gus Edwards is uh, an interesting player. Uh, in the fact that you cannot seem to separate this player from the ball. He's a great ball security that will get you opportunities down at the goal line. Uh, we don't necessarily know about Javante Williams yet, what we're going to see, but I like this player as well. Um, yeah, why not Dylan here? And and what I would like to congratulate is Josh Hayes on the number one spot. I think Michael Pittman catches more balls than any of the players that were drafted in the eighth round. Uh, here and, and this is the last player in the tenth round, and I think that's a steal. I don't understand. Uh, I'm obviously overdrafting this player everywhere, and in this format, I cannot understand why he's still around in double digit round. It is the third night in a row we are talking about uh, Michael Pittman being a steal in this draft. We love our Michael Pittman on this uh, podcast for sure. Uh, let's go out to the uh, the phone lines right now. I want to hit up the 707 who is calling us right now. You are on the air with Balky and Farrell for live coverage of the Pros vs. Joes and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who are we speaking with? Balky, what's up? It's Josh Hayes, man. Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com. My, uh, my good friend here, we just got done praising you for the Michael Pittman yes, pick. Sir. Were you surprised he was still out there in the 10th round, Josh? People aren't going to believe that you didn't know it was already me on, the, on hold. You know what I mean? They're going to think that you heated up perfectly. <laughs> well, well you, you know, so we'll throw some stones at you for taking Baker Mayfield too early. And we'll, we'll tease the next coming, uh, next coming round. Fair, fair and balanced. I appreciate that. I am looking at Matt Stone, and I'm looking at Fantasy Mojo, Mr. Darren Armani here. And I feel like, you know, two or three quarterbacks are going to get plucked here in the next round or two. And I don't want to be stuck with, like, a, a best ball QB in the 20s. I know I'm supposed to be confident about Josh Allen, but, like, um, I also don't know. And it seems like to me that the way that this draft is shifting out is that, like, a lot of teams are going to end up with maybe three QBs on the roster. I'm trying to decide now if I need to be in on that or if, I'll, if I can cross my fingers and just hold on with two and 18 rounds. I don't know. What do you guys think? tell you this Josh based on what we saw the last couple nights I think Farrell and I were both kind of surprised or I don't want to speak for Farrell but I know I was kind of surprised to see so many teams load up with three with three quarterbacks I feel like in this type of format where again the winner gets a 2022 FFPC main event team second place you don't even get a pair of socks 
You know what I mean? So like you are going for broke and trying and trying to win, right? And and so I think to to get three quarterbacks on your team, I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to spend your draft picks. So I would say, you know, for me, like you already got Josh Allen, you already got Baker Mayfield. I don't know if I'd mess around with it after that, but I'm not you. Yeah, I'm sitting in for one more quarterback. One more quarterback is what I want for this roster. One more guy. Okay. All right, Josh. I'm always of the opinion in best ball is that, like, you know, you should probably, you know, hope for the best plan for the worst in the the highest scoring positions, you know, and this is why I like having four running backs on the roster in the first half of the draft and why I will always give consideration to a third QB because, you know, the best laid plans, right? I mean, Josh Allen has been in yeah. for exactly one season out of three, right? Um, so, you know, and I want to have an, as much insurance policies as possible. Like, as, as, the last thing I want to do is have a team that was this close to winning but had an unlucky injury situation that cost me from taking home the title. So I kind of feel like if I feel good about wide receiver and I feel good about running back, then maybe I just need to little, focus a little bit more on some insurance for tight end and maybe quarterback, and hopefully that's good enough to, to make a run this year. Um, Josh, eight teams so far, no, I beg your pardon, nine teams in this draft have uh, doubled up on tight end. Two teams have tripled up on tight end. As I look at your roster, you are only one of three teams, no, I beg your pardon, four teams without um, a second tight end. You, you've drafted in this contest several times. Do you feel like, uh, you know, the, the dual tight ends are – are a little bit overrated that it takes away from the rest of your roster as, as you get Fant in the seventh, but then that's it, been it for you for, uh, so far. No, I, I think I'm going to end up here with three tight ends on the roster here because I waited on Noah Fant and I really like him, but we know that the quarterback situation is a little bit unstable in Denver. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers stabilizes that, who knows. Uh, but I think that I'm going to have to purchase some insurance here. I was this close to actually taking uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, if that was going to be an option for me, uh, fortunately, right. those one pick before the corner. So once that happened, I thought that to me there was like a clear tier between him and like the Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson group, um, which means that I was like, you know, going to end up waiting here towards the second half of the draft really to try to see if I could snap off a guy. It's like, and, you know, um, there's probably, I think, maybe three or four tight ends that would feel comfortable grabbing here in the, ne- in the next couple rounds. So if the, if the, the draft falls to me that way, I'm going to try to purchase some insurance and, you know, hope that I can grab somebody that has a chance to crack, you know, top 12 value here for at least a portion of the, of the week for 17 you know, games this season. So who are you looking at uh, right here at, at 12 and 13? Are the picks locked in? Do we, do we know who it's, it's going to be? No, I mean, I'm going to trust that not everyone is listening to the draft or that they care or that it won't, uh, you know, uh, affect the draft strategy here. And I think that Zach Hurts is probably a little bit of a of a, an undervalued asset. Um, you know, he's gone in a number of those spots. But another guy that I really, um, you know, don't mind uh, taking a, a shot on, is, I've heard good things about C.J. Uzama. I like Dalton Schultz um, there as well. And, you know, if they don't make end up making a move, Jack Doyle, you know, we know Carson Wentz is typically like the tight end, so those are a couple guys that I'm definitely taking a look at. All right, Josh, you like have uh, you're on uh, Rotoballer Radio. Obviously, we we listen to you every weekday morning, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, um, uh, six to seven a.m. Eastern Time, Sirius uh, two ten XM eighty seven, 
And uh, we follow you on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. If anybody is uh, a fan of yours, they're listening, they're, they're a fan of your content, what is coming up for you going forward here for Rotoballer? Um, so, you know, we're on seven days a week. That's a big, uh, you know, thing that's uh, been great for us. We're looking forward to a lot of the contests in myffpc.com as well. Um, I'm looking at, at competing here once again and probably some, some satellites to get involved in the best, um, you know, get myself into uh, the main event as well. That's been um, really, really huge for us. We're rolling out all new payer, player pages um, on rotoball.com as well. Um, that's something that um, we've put a lot of data and some information to, so you'll, you'll be able to check that out here as well pretty soon. Um, and, you know, if you haven't had a chance to, to get your 50% off subscription here and get a deal along with the, the FFPC as well, now it's time to do so. All right, there, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Hayes, you follow him on Twitter, at Josh Hayes FS. You listen to him, Rotoballer Radio, and check out rotoballer.com, one of my favorite websites for fantasy content. They do it all there. Josh is doing it all in the draft tonight. Josh, thanks so much for, uh, for popping on. I really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way, not only in this draft, and all your drafts uh, this year. And, hey, I think I'm going to talk to you next Monday morning on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, looking forward to it, my man. Thanks again. Go Josh get Hayes, those tight ends, uh, Josh. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, we did have um, we did have a uh, a timeout with Josh. I am I am te- our good buddy Bryce is not only not only audio engineering um, the uh, the podcast, but he's commissioning this draft. Um, and uh, Josh was was he auto because he's on the air with us, which doesn't always happen. Oh man. Um, and, and so we're going to get that fixed uh, right now um, in, in any event. Um, Frank Laprade, who actually is hanging out in the, um, in the YouTube chat room right now, I've been following his, his – uh, he, he brought a philosophical question up um, in his conversation when you talk about um, you know, guys like Darren Armani, guys like Biplab Mandel, guys who are loading up on running backs in this draft. We're seeing it from Robert Coe as well. He said, who's being punished by taking more running backs, the person taking them? or the person avoiding them. Interesting philosophical question there, Farrell. Like when, when you have a situation like this where you're seeing teams load up on certain positions early, um, Matt and Andrew Stone, and that's what I wanted to, to, um, to bring up here. I, I just actually got an email uh, from Frank, who has been on the show before, a highly accomplished, a highly accomplished, beg your pardon, um, FFPC player who's been on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour um, and he said here uh, in this email, love the broadcast, and you guys are awesome. By the way, if you want to email uh, the show, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is the way to go. Um, we are looking at uh, uh, Frank saying, I'm in on Matt Stone's draft. I think hyper-fragile is the way to go statistically, and Matt may have four top 15 wide receivers. If you don't get an elite tight end, I would avoid mid-round and punt and take a couple late. And as running backs have upside if he hits, love it. If you ain't first, you're last, said the Ricky, uh, great Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Um, sincerely, Frank Laprade. He says, P.S., they run so many designed red zone plays for Thielen, I think he gobbled up a bunch of TDs. So um, that is the, what we're getting from Frank Laprade here tonight. You happen to agree with that? I mean, I, I guess, you know, he's right. I mean, you're looking at four top 15 wide receivers there, Farrell, um, but he's going to need Pollard or Dylan. One of those, maybe both of them have to hit if he's going to win this league. That's his problem. Um, If he were to just 
just meld in one running back a little earlier, but I think he fell in love with this script. And, yeah, it's great to take those receivers and you say, man, I, my outcomes of receivers are right at the top and my four guys are going to be wonderful. But if you're getting six and eight points from your running backs, uh, you've lost your efficiency of scoring. And, and so they're not going at the at the spot right below the quarterback – they're not getting double-digit points. Your 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 uh, wide receivers are not going to carry you that far. So you, but see, if they were there, see in in Biplav's case on the on the other side here, we've got a situation where we know that he can pick up quality receivers late, and they will they will contribute uh, in points across the uh, across the four opportunities to score. But uh, Pollard and, and Davis, it's going to be very, very difficult to score out of those positions. And it's going to be very difficult to find someone down here that's going to score for him. Can you think of anyone? Uh, not off the top of my head, but my brain is a little addled right now. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we, I, I, that, that's something that we're going to find out. Right, Farrell? Yeah, I want to stick with it. Stick with it. Let's get through the last couple of rounds here. After we were talking to Josh Hayes, I want to get back to it. Um, you let it off with uh, Baker Mayfield uh, going to Josh Hayes, and then you're looking at Jalen Waddle after that to Rob Vieira as uh, as he uh, secures um, uh, the uh, the rookie wide receiver out of uh, out of um, Alabama going to Miami. Uh, John o. Smith after that, followed by Hunter Henry. So the Patriots tight ends go back to back here. Nicole Hardman after that, and then another couple of tight ends: uh, Gerald Everett, Blake Jarwin. Followed by Henry Ruggs, the receiver out of Las Vegas. Naheem Hines after that. Followed by Justin Fields, Corey Davis, and Alexander Madison to complete round 11. The start of round 12. Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, Cole Komet. A trio of tight ends. That's tight end 20, tight end 21, and you guessed it, tight end 22 here in the 12th round. Russell Gage and Giovanni Bernard go right after that. Giovanni Bernard, the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver. Russell Gage, the new... uh, Wide receiver two for Atlanta, we think. Anthony Ferkser after that, um, right after Blake Jarwin, uh, they, they go uh, Anthony Ferkser right there from the uh, seventh spot. Darnell Mooney, David Johnson, Austin Hooper um, goes after uh, Hunter Henry. I believe that who is that picking from the uh, four spot tonight, Farrell? I just had it in front of me, That's and now lab. I lost it. My computer's having some issues. That's BitLab. Got it. Okay, so he goes Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. David Dodds gets Kirk Cousins. Rob Vieira takes Devin Singletary. And then Zach Ertz, the final pick of the 12th round here tonight in the FFPC Pros versus Joes draft. Let's keep cooking here, ladies and gentlemen, and get through round 13 as these drafters just finished this. Pretty incredible pace we're on right now. 66 minutes into it, and we are already 13 rounds in. Devontae Parker and Elijah Moore are the first two selections. Parker to Josh Hayes. Elijah Moore right after that to Rob Vieira. Marvin Jones, alien fantasy. David Dodd selects him. Daryl Williams from Kansas City goes to Bip Lab. And then a pair of rookie receivers, Rashad Bateman out of Baltimore, Rondale Moore out of Arizona. J.D. McKissick, the former pass-catching running back and now maybe feature backup feature back. I don't know. Uh, J.D. McKissick goes there at the 13.07 tonight. Matt Ryan, Jalen Rager, and then Carson Wentz will be backing up Justin Fields 
for Team 10 tonight. Jamison Crowder and then uh, Nelson Aguilar. Jamison Crowder to Marcus Grant. Nelson Aguilar uh, off the board with the final pick of the 13th round tonight. Farrell, um, let, let's talk a little bit. I, I know these are rookie receivers, but let's try to look at it from a pros versus Joe as a redraft standpoint here with Rashad Bateman and Rondale Moore. Who do you like better for immediate production this year, 2021? Is it uh, Bateman in Baltimore, or is it Rondale Moore out in the desert in Arizona? Moore, because what he will be doing at the end of the season, it's a 17-week contest. I think more the opportunities for this guy to score points between, you know, after the bye week. I'm not sure exactly when their bye week is, but after the bye week, after he gets himself into this offense, after he and Murray begin to click a little bit, this tandem could be outstanding. Bateman's a 50-catch receiver. Uh, what amazes me in the 12th round when we start talking about uh, receivers, Bucky, um, you know, we've got two guys there uh, that could catch 80 balls, Mooney and, and, uh, and Gage. And Mooney will be more prolific with what he does with the ball after he catches it. This is an excellent wide receiver to pick up in the 12th round. And I'm a little surprised that player is still available there. I know you like Nelson Aguilar in New England this year, a guy who dropped a lot of passes for Philadelphia, a guy that the <laughs> Eagles fans are counting on this year and fantasy owners alike um, for production in Philadelphia. Catching balls from Jalen Hurts is Jalen Rager. Um, I don't think we talk about him a whole lot on this show. He, hit, he was a first-round receiver last year, um, a player that the Eagles drafted over Justin Jefferson. How likely is it that he makes the sophomore leap, Farrell, as long as we're on the subject, of young wideouts in the NFL. If you love Hurts, you, you've got to put Rager with him. And that's uh, you've got to, to wish to invest in this receiver because Hurts won't be successful throwing the ball at all if Rager does not uh, grow into being his number one target. There's not a lot of receiver talent on this team, and Rager's got to deliver. Moving on here, I don't think there's anything else I want to talk about in the 13th. No, let's move on to the 14th round because it's another rainbow round here. A lot of crazy stuff happening. Kicking things off is Gabriel Davis um, as he goes to Edward and Mike Boo with the 1401. Tariq Cohen, the backup running back in Chicago to NFL.com's Marcus Grant. All those stones picking in the 10 spot tonight. They cannot get away from receivers. They draft receiver number eight. Uh, Matt and Andrew Stone take Paris Campbell as wide receiver 63. Their eighth receiver, their first receiver they have drafted since round eight. They are back on the proverbial horse, as it were. Hayden Hurst after that, the third tight end drafted by Fantasy Mojo. Uh, T.Y. Hilton to Robert Coe right after that at the 14.05. Eric Ebron, this marks the third out of the last four picks that Nelson Verbit from Dynasty Depot has utilized on tight ends. Blake Jarwin in the 11th, Anthony Ferkser in the 12th, Eric Ebron in the 14th. He is just trying to uh, fire away, see what sticks, and I'm willing to bet at least one of those guys works out for him this year. Manuel Sanders, the new Buffalo Bill, to Derek Kappas here in the uh, 14.07 slot. James White after that to John Daigle as his number four running back. O.J. Howard, another guy that, um, another team here, Biplab Mandel, doesn't take a tight end until round 11, similar to Nelson Verbit, and then similar to Nelson Verbit, now three of his last four picks, on tight ends, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, and O.J. Howard, the killer H's, as the kids would say here, with those three tight ends. Philip Lindsay off the board at the uh, third last pick of the 14th round to David Dodds. Tua Tungabailoa is backing up Ryan Tannehill for Rob Vieira. And then Sammy Watkins um, going off the board with the final pick 
in the 14th round to Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com, who you just heard on these airwaves just a minute ago. And by the way, speaking of these airwaves, if you do not normally listen to this program, I can tell you that the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour normally airs Friday nights at 10, 9 central year round. We don't just do it during the season. Fantasy football has become a year round thing. We do a lot of dynasty talk, a lot of dynasty chatter, a lot of stuff year round. Obviously, we get best balls with the FFPC going in January. We're here to help you out with that. Uh, you can always access uh, full on-demand streaming available for listening anytime via a variety of apps if you can't hang out in the chat room uh, with the high-stakes players and listen live. We are at uh, hsffhour.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker on your iPhone or your Android device as well. We're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're like uh, Robert De Niro's character in uh, Meet the Parents. We're everywhere, Fokker. Uh, so uh, congratulations to, to you if you cannot find us, because that is a hard thing to do. We're everywhere. All right, let's, uh, let's get back into the uh, 14th round here, Farrell. I just noticed this while I was talking. So um, you have a situation where Rob Vieira, the FFPC, uh, the very accomplished FFPC Joe in the two spot, took Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Ryan Tannehill. Look what he did in the back half of his draft. Gets Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell from Miami. And then look who his second quarterback is, Tua Tungavailoa. So he is in a situation right now where he has Tennessee and Miami. Have you ever thought about going with that strategy in a best ball before, trying to lock up essentially the better part of two passing games? I think about that strategy wherever I draft, and there are some wonderful stacks. Indianapolis, Miami, which we've just been proven here. Uh, The Raiders, uh, once you take Waller out of the equation, that becomes an affordable stack. And the New York Giants. There's plenty of stacks that you can get in double-digit rounds that make a lot of sense and bring a lot of continuity to your double-digit drafting. You know, we haven't talked much about Derek Kappas tonight, and this is a perfect example of what we're talking about, and his team is quickly becoming my favorite one in this draft. Um, he, he, he Fourth round, Mike Evans, and he waited again until the 12th before he took receivers. We talked about Mooney and Moore. Uh, he added Emmanuel Sanders, which we talked about last night, how Sanders should have a really great role uh, with Buffalo. His two quarterbacks are solid, and he has the tight end. And a lot of purple on this board between the 10 and 13 rounds. He has the tight end with the biggest upside of any tight end in this draft, and that's Gerald Everett out of Seattle. I think tremendous things could happen there. Maybe Gerald Everett uh, is your next Waller as a tight end, and that, that in the 11th round will deliver for Derek. Keep in mind, when we had Derek Kappas on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, I, it was the first Friday in June. I want to say, I can't remember what date that was, but it was, the, it was the first Friday in June we had him on. And this was a player that had some success in the main event, had significant success in the Football Guys Players Championship, did not play a ton of teams, though. So he is a more than capable player of, of knowing you know, what he needs to do um in order to be successful at at the highest level in the ffpc and he's been doing a lot of football guys drafts this year i don't know how many slims he's been doing but you can look at his team construction here farrell and even the the layman can look at this oh i see he pounded running backs and receivers equally early he got his quarterbacks and his tight ends in the mid rounds 
Now he's going for the high upside guys, the guys that can benefit from an injury. Jamal Williams in Detroit. Darnell Mooney, who knows what's going to happen in Chicago. You have Rondell Moore, the first-round pick in Arizona, playing behind you know, Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. How long is it before he leapfrogs, uh, leapfrogs those guys? You have Emmanuel Sanders on his team. Again, not the sexiest guy in the world, but you got the beat writer from the athletic, Joe Biscaglia, talking up Emmanuel Sanders every chance he gets. He gets him in the 14th round here. And, oh, by the way, another handcuff running back here in the 15th round that we'll get to in a second that um, is backing up a guy who is making waves right now for not talking about how soon he's going to be back on the field. He might have gotten a starting running back in the 15th round. So let's move on and talk about the 15th round here, Farrell. While we, you know, I can't, I can't keep teasing it without talking uh, about it here. That's bad radio. Even I know that's bad radio. So we'll get to it here in the 15th round. Tevin Coleman leads things off for the uh, New York Jets here. Uh, he goes at the 1501, followed by Darrington Evans, the backup running back um, in Tennessee to uh, to um, uh, Derrick Henry. He goes at the 1502 to Rob Vieira. Uh, Traquan Smith out of New Orleans to Alien Fantasies, David Dodds, and then Brian Edwards from your Las Vegas Raiders, Farrell. He goes to Bip Lab Mandel. Sam Darnold gets selected. The new Carolina Panthers quarterback is going to be backing up Lamar Jackson for John Daigle from NBC Sports Edge. Then Devontae Booker. That's the player I wanted to talk about, Farrell. I'm going to ask you about him in a second while we, uh, while we uh, complete the uh, 15th round here of coverage. Devontae Booker to Derek Kappas, Terrace Marshall, and Sterling Shepard after that to Verbit and Co. Ryan Fitzpatrick backing up Aaron Rodgers, the mustache and the beard on the same squad for Fantasy Mojo. <laughs> Mo Cox to Matt and Andrew Stone here as the backup tight end for them. Surprising that they have a backup tight end. Room on the roster for a backup tight end with all those receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown to uh, Marcus Grant from NFL.com as his number six receiver. And then Daniel Jones, the number three quarterback drafted by Edward and Mike Vu here with the final pick of the 15th round. I talked about why I think Devontae Booker is a great pick in the 15th round. Farrell, tell me I'm wrong or agree with me. I'm really curious to your thoughts here. I agree 100% with you. Matter of fact, I expected, based on the news we've had in the last couple of days and how it keeps being repeated, uh, repeated and repeated about what's going on with the Giants running back, Barkley, uh, I expected Booker to go much higher than the 15th round. This is where he's been going all along. This is a steal. This is a smart pick. Booker was a good running back with the Raiders last year. He was He ran hard. Uh, he did well. He had 123 opportunities to carry the ball and a good uh, yards per carry average uh, for a team that was not gifted uh, at the offensive line. Uh, it's a good pickup for the Giants, and now he's going to be able to carry the job on his shoulders early perhaps. And maybe once he gets started, he doesn't necessarily cede some of those opportunities that he's earned. I think he's a very good ball player in the 15th round in this pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I look at the situation, and I know Devontae Booker's let some people down in the past. I know he's burned some people from from dynasty. And and Farrell, the PSA here, um, as as we have not gotten into this, this is a philosophical thing for me. And I, I've argued with Dizzle, who by the way is hanging out in the chat room right now. I've argued with him about this before. Um, some players say he's off my board, right? Um, mm. There is no way I'll ever draft this guy again. How often do you hear this? Now Dizzle actually, I mean, he he says it. In, in a manner where he's like, well, look, at, at some point I'll take any player, right? But for, for most people, if you're drafting in the high-stakes field, um, you say, well, he's off my board or I'll never draft him because you know you never will get him based on where he is going or yeah. ADP is going. Um, I feel some of my most successful teams have been when I drafted players 
a proven player coming off a bad season. So a guy that burned me the year before, I go back to the well and he comes through for me. That's why I personally will never say, and I think a lot of smart people in this draft that we're covering right now will say the same thing. I will never say that I will never draft a player again, right? Because you're, you're hamstringing yourself. It's, don't do that to yourself when you know that maybe you overdrafted him the year before. That doesn't mean you can't get him at a good value the following year, right? And you're falling in a trap when you do that. Don't ever hold a grudge, Balky, and look for reasons to draft players, not reasons to take players off your list. That's that's what you want to do. You want to you want to push players up the list and understand why you love the players you love. But just don't don't start as don't make putting together your draft list a process of elimination. It's all about getting your guys. I've said that over and over again, and that's totally true. Be be a positive fantasy football player. Don't be a negative fantasy football player. And I think when you look for reasons not to draft a player, you are being negative. Um, let's get into the 16th round here as we continue our positive coverage of the pros versus Joe's <laughs> Sweet Baby Jesus League number three tonight here. Farrell, a lot, a lot of quarterbacks going in this round right now. You have Deshaun Watson with the first pick uh, of the 16th round going to Edward and Mike View. Taysom Hill off the board as the number three quarterback for Marcus Grant. Also, I want to point out Deshaun Watson was the number four quarterback drafted by Edward and Mike Vu here. Uh, Deshaun Watson going with Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts. Derek Carr off the board to Benton, Andrew Stone, Ben Roethlisberger, the third quarterback, drafting uh, uh, drafted by Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani here. Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie running back out of New England, to Robert Coe. And then you're looking at um, Jared Goff, the third quarterback selected by Nelson Verbit. Chuba Hubbard, backup, quarterback, uh, backup running back to, um, to Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, goes to Derek Kappas. Again, another high upside um, a backup running back there. Joshua Kelly to John Daigle from NBC Sports Edge tonight at the 16.09. We're looking at Zach Wilson backing up Patrick Mahomes for Biplab Mandel. Cole Beasley, will he or won't he be cut? Interesting proposition posed by Mark Cuban on Twitter today. To him about getting vaccinated, always fun stuff, is Twitter. Well, that's not actually accurate. Sometimes Twitter is awful. In fact, most times Twitter is awful. Uh, Rashad Penny, right after that, the <laughs> penultimate pick of the 16th round. And then John Smoke Brown, right after that, the final pick of the 16th round to Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com. That's what we're looking at here. Um, five quarterbacks, no, beg your pardon, six quarterbacks go off the board in round 16. Farrell, I feel like we're, we're kind of um, – we're, we're kind of justified in the analysis that we told Josh Hayes. You know, I said I would probably stay away from, from drafting uh, another quarterback when he already had Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. You said another quarterback would look good on his roster. But I also said, like, look, we've seen the last two nights, a lot of teams are loading up with a third quarterback in this format. And tonight we're seeing a lot of smart people do that in this draft so far. Nelson Verbit, highly accomplished FFPC player from DynastyDepot.com. He gets three quarterbacks tonight. Fantasy Mojo Darren Armani. Uh, I mean, this guy runs the whole thing. He sees the data. He knows the win rates. He's taking three quarterbacks tonight, including Aaron Rodgers in the eighth round. Matt and Andrew Stone, I, I, I don't know how they're doing this, but it seems like they're loading up on every position but running back. They get three quarterbacks tonight. Uh, Marcus Grant from NFL.com. They have three quarterbacks. I don't know if I can defend Edward and Mike Vu taking four quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson. Farrell, are you down with that? 
Uh, no, but that's what you do when you take two young quarterbacks, Hurts and Lawrence. They get their first two quarterbacks have four games of NFL experience. Now they're going to have some growing pains, but they're going to have some stellar performances. I don't know if it'll be enough to carry them, so they will go with Jones, and then they they gamble on Watson. You know, Watson was uh, in all categories, the top three categories. He was one, two, or three in all the top three passing categories in the NFL last year. So this perhaps is a worthwhile gamble. Um, yeah, let's go back to our friend uh, at the number one position, Mr. Hayes, and let's say who, what quarterback will he take if he does take a third one. There may not be any left for him. Um, I want to go New out Orleans. to uh, the – exactly. <laughs> I want to go out to uh, our phone lines right now and talk to a longtime friend of uh, of this program, former guest of this program, former guest of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown as well, and uh, one of the best adult non-paid hockey players you will run into drafting from the second spot tonight. It's Rob Vieira. Rob, welcome back onto the program, man. Hey, Balky. How are you, man? I'm doing good. We're loving your draft tonight. Um, interesting, you get you get slotted with the second pick tonight, and we talked about you banking these two um, these two stacks. You get Tennessee and you get Miami here. Was that part? I mean, were were you looking at doing that going in, or is this something that just sort of developed as the draft went on? Uh, I knew it at the two three turn. Um, you guys kind of called it where I kind of wanted to get pits, and there was a podge of receivers there and I, I was planning to stack either DK with Wilson at the six seven turn or Tannehill at the eight nine if I wound up with um AJ Brown. And I figured Julio might get there too, so that was nice. And then getting the the fuller waddle was uh that kind of fell into that. And then I wasn't didn't feel like I had to get Tua, but he fell at pretty good value too. So I figured what the hell I'd go for the, the double super stack there. The double super stack. I like that. That is a good team <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it, so, so, Rob, when you have done, you know, and I know you play a lot of football guys in main events. I don't know how many slims you actually do. I know you, you do play a lot of best balls. But in this type of format, um, how important to you is stacking? I mean, are you always, when you go into one of these, are you always looking to get some kind of a stack? Or is it just not, not a priority for you? Yeah, I de- definitely. I'm, I've done probably at least fifty of the uh, the tournament ones, and I, I guess I got to come down on uh, Josh Hayes here. I I did a little scouting, and he didn't take CMC in the other uh, the other draft that he was in when he had the one spot. So I was kind of <laughs> CMC, especially because I. So I've done, like I said, I think I've done at least fifty, and I've gotten two one holes. So I'm very underweight on uh, CMC. So I was hoping for him. Um, but to answer your questions, yeah, definitely in the tournament. I don't feel tied to that with a non-tournament. But if you're in a tournament, it's it's almost like daily where you gotta you gotta go all out for uh, just having a super team and hitting the the teams that score a lot in the the games that mean mean the most. So uh, I was hoping. Oops, hang on here. I'm up next. Yeah, I, I was. I was just gonna say. Are, you are. This is your final pick of the draft, Rob. Who are you looking at here? I was looking at Tyrell Williams, of course. Dodds, Dodds oh, yeah. Is that Dodds? Dodds and Bitt have both been killing me. So that kind of threw me off. I might have to get my third quarterback instead. So, uh, and, and this is, so I'll let you – listen, I'll let you pick your third quarterback here. 
But one of the things, and, and the listeners know this, um, that we were talking about with, with quarterbacks in this before, I'm of the opinion that I, I think two quarterbacks is good because you're, you're, if you get good ones, um, you don't need to shortchange yourself at other positions by drafting a third. But yet I see in pros versus Joe's one, in pros versus Joe's two, and then once again tonight, in fact, one team even taking four quarterbacks, uh, Rob. And, and tonight we're seeing you, well, you didn't take a quarterback with your, with your final pick, but we're seeing a lot of teams load up with three quarterbacks. So I guess for me, I guess I'm, I'm underrating the effect that, that three quarterbacks have. How many of your FFPC best ball tournament teams have three quarterbacks on it? Yeah, actually, I usually go two, especially, like I said, in the tournament. I, you're kind of your first or your last in those. So you need to be very aggressive, and I think you need to be very aggressive at receiver because you got to be filling those flex. So I try to get at least eight or nine receivers, which means I've got to go, you know, maybe two two quarterbacks or two tight ends or something like that. Um, so I typically go two. And when it's not a tournament, especially a team with – somebody like Tua, who I'm not convinced that he's even going to start all year. I would have liked to have gotten a third, but uh, I didn't. There wasn't anyone that was that appealing to me, so I I went with the third tight end here. Um, Daryl Henderson was sort of the the, the talk of the draft uh, tonight. We didn't know how high he would go. Farrell and I both thought that as we get closer here, Daryl Henderson's actually going to be pushed up uh, higher than the mid-fifth. Is that how you see it, too? Yeah, I, he, it was between Cup and him for me at that five five oh two, um, and I I decided there was probably going to be a running back that I'd be okay with uh, coming back, and of course Dodds got me with Edmonds again, so uh, it didn't work out. I, got, I went with Sermon, who I kind of like Sermon in the tournament because I said he's got a pretty good schedule down the stretch, uh, but in this format I would have definitely preferred probably Henderson in the fifth and a receiver in the sixth. Um, or if I would have gotten Edmonds, it would have worked out. I gambled and lost in that one. Rob, um, Sky Eilers uh, in the YouTube chat, obviously a guy you've tangled with in Football Guys Players Championship and FFPC main events before, a uh, guy we've had on this program, guy who's drafted in pros versus Joe's, had some success at it. He said he's surprised um, that Xavier Jones didn't go tonight. He led the NCAA in scoring in 2019, and nobody drafted him tonight. And basically it's him and Daryl Henderson in the backfield. Can you make a case for drafting Xavier Jones in an 18-round slim format like this? Yeah, so I was, I was mulling that very hard. I'm in a slow main event, and I was sitting on the clock when all this went down, and I was in the 17th round and I could have taken mm. him. And I just – I think that they're going to – I think they're going to bring – I wound up going with Duke Johnson, believe it or not, because um, I think they're going to – Do you think he somebody. goes to Los Angeles then? I, I don't know that he does, but I still – I've been a Duke apologist for a number of years, and I've, I've paid the price for it, but I still think he's going to have a role <laughs> somewhere. So uh, – and if not, you know, if he doesn't wind up there, I'm probably cutting those – those positions anyway so it, it literally came down to those two guys for my dart and I would have taken them both but he got scooped up um, a couple of picks after mine so uh, yeah I think I mean I think he's a good as good as Benny if I needed another dart in the 18th I would have been I would have been considering him but I already got my my six RBs so I couldn't couldn't take another one Rob as we wide scope this final question for you tonight as we as we look at this entire draft here tonight I, I, I talked about this earlier. I think the running backs fell a little bit more than we saw in the first two drafts uh, so far. I think the wide receivers and the tight ends, to a certain extent, got pushed up. 
Um, we saw a lot of quarterbacks drafted tonight. What's the takeaway from this draft from, from you tonight? What's the thing that stood out to you? What's the trend that, that either stood out to you or maybe surprised you a little bit as, as this thing unfolded? I, I actually thought this one was fairly typical. Um, I think the, the ship chasers have uh, they've kind of started the, the receiver at all costs. You see Matt Stone uh, embrace that theory. <laughs> right, yeah. um, and but I, the thing for this one for me there wasn't a lot of ADP that slipped. I, I know Mojo kept scooping it up on his end, and then like I said, Bip and Dodds kept getting me on our end. So there there really wasn't a lot of value that that slipped. So I because I have no problem. I'm in a main event right now where I went three of my top four picks were uh, or not a main event the big dog three of the top four were all tight ends, and so I have no problem being fragile in a position if there's value. Um, but in this case, there just wasn't a lot of great value, so I had to had to go for stacks to get some some sexiness. We always get sexiness anytime Rob Vieira hops aboard the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Rob, it was a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations on a great draft tonight. Um, good luck to you in the Football Guys Players Championship and the FFPC main event. Obviously, if anybody wants to follow Rob, you can do so on Twitter, like I do, at RobV16, RobV16. And uh, listen, I, I don't know, um, has the hockey season wrapped up for you? Or are you still hitting the rink? So the hockey season never wraps up for me, but I did have my third knee surgery, <laughs> so I'm just, uh, wow. I'm just getting But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back at it. Just started back this week. Well, listen, I'll, t- I'll tell you, um, take it easy on that knee and draft a few more teams, man. Nobody, nobody, it's better to be safe than sorry, right? Uh, <laughs> and and uh, we wish you nothing but the best, not only on the rink, but in the fantasy football arena as well. Rob, be good. We'll talk to you again soon, dude. Yeah, good to talk to you. See you guys. Rob Vieira, ladies and gentlemen, one of the most accomplished players that, that we've ever had on this show, no question. A guy who's had a lot of success in the FFPC main event and the Football Guys Players Championship and a guy we always like uh, chatting fantasy football with tonight. All right, so I'm, I've avoided talking about it to this point, Farrell, but this has been a very difficult podcast for me as I do have the NBA Finals on right now, 74 seconds to go in the game, and, and the Suns are mounting a bit of a comeback. I'm getting very nervous at this point. I apologize that the podcast has been a little bit disjointed. I have not, I will wholeheartedly admit, I have not dedicated all of my facilities into putting this uh putting my attention into this podcast tonight as the suns draw closer oh man this is going to be really unfortunate if if it if it ends up uh, the way it's trending here but hopefully the bucks can close it out farrell let's um we we got about 27 minutes left in the show let's kind of take a look at at some of the teams uh tonight as we uh we go through we'll start with team one uh in his construction that's josh hayes from rotoballer.com uh he ends up getting josh allen baker mayfield at quarterback Running backs, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette, Tevin Coleman, Malcolm Brown. Uh, Receivers are DK Metcalf, Chase Claypool, Jarvis Landry, Michael Pittman, Devontae Parker, Sammy Watkins, John Brown. Tight ends are Noah Fant, Zach Ertz, and Jimmy Graham. A little bit worried about the tight end depth. I know you uh, have a little bit of concern at quarterback. Uh, I don't, as far as the depth goes there. I think it's going to be okay. But the tight ends, uh, to me, are, are what concern me. The rest of the team is pretty balanced, man. I think it's a good team. I don't think he will challenge for uh, for the victory, but I think it's a solid team. I don't. I can't really pinpoint what's missing in it. Uh, perhaps it is that tight end, but I, I don't know, Falky. There's something about the team that just leaves me saying, okay, but not enough. 
okay, but not enough. Um, hopefully that's what the Suns will be saying as Chris Middleton hits a jumper here tonight <laughs> to put the Bucks up six. 56.9 seconds to go. Anybody who's listening to this podcast later is like, shut up, Balky. We already know what happens in the game. Rob Vieira, let's get into his team from the two spot. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Tua Tungavailoa are the quarterbacks. Uh, the running backs, Dalvin Cook, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Devin Singletary, Darrington Evans, Rashad Penny. Receivers, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Elijah Moore, Jacoby Myers. Uh, tight ends are Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, and C.J. Uzuma. Again, I, I said this, I can't remember whose draft I said this about last night, but you can tell Rob Vieira is a high-stakes player who's drafted a lot of FFPC best ball tournament teams. Um, this is a really strong team, I feel. You're looking at a lot of youth at, at running back, a lot of upside at running back in the second half of the draft. I think he's good with the, the, the double, what did he call it, the double super stack team uh, with, the, with yeah, the Titans like and that. the Dolphins here. And then, you know, you get Yuzuma as your third tight end in the 18th round. Dallas got as your number two, and you still have Pitts. I, I, I like this team quite a bit. I do, too. And I think um, one of the things we could talk about uh, with his quarterback selection, you know, Tua uh, was 6-3 and three as a starter last year. And I think among young quarterbacks, he might be the most underrated by not only fantasy players, but just by football fans across the, uh, across the horizon of football fans. He improves with great targets this year, a different type of uh, player at the wide receiver position than what he's enjoyed before. Uh, there's belief that the running back, Gaskin, will do the same thing, that the entire backfield will improve on this team. I like this team. There's a tight end that came into this team from Boston College, uh, last name Long, I believe, and I, and I like that player to develop as the year goes on. So, uh, yes, his late stack of Miami was very, very impressive. Uh, and then just flipping back, we were talking earlier about team number one. Um, I'm, I, I looked at some film earlier this, uh, or over the weekend, uh, Zach Hurts, and I somehow believe that the trade is not forthcoming because NFL teams have decided that Zach Hurts has hit the proverbial performance wall. And so that was my problem with that pick. But this team, I like it. And we talked about Devin Singletary, who can flash uh, the number two team, a solid chance in this uh, this draft. If Michael Carter hits, he goes even further. Uh, Team three here, David Dodds from Alien Fantasy. Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Running backs, Nick Chubb. Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, Zach Moss, Philip Lindsay. Receivers are Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Triquan Smith, Cole Beasley, Alan Lazard, Tyrell Williams, tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby, and Jonu Smith. Farrell, I think he might have the best tight ends in this league. Um, I, 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 like the, I love the quarterbacks in Murray and Cousins. I think Cousins is underrated. Um, he's deep yes. at receiver, and so sometimes when you look at the receiver position um, and, and, you look, and it doesn't look sexy, it doesn't have to look sexy because – uh, sometimes, uh, and listen, I am proof positive of this. You cannot look sexy and still be productive. I mean, that's, I base my whole lifestyle on not looking sexy, but being productive. And I think that's what David Dodd's receivers could be right here. Um, and then the running backs, I think are interesting. Like Chubb is awesome. After that, I don't know, Edmonds, Harris, Moss, uh, Lindsay, there's some upside, but you got to kind of hit on two of those guys in, in order to compete. But the tight ends are, are, are really good. This is a very Dodgian team. I think, uh, as, as we look back on his drafts in years past. I like all these players. Philip Lindsay's contribution will be large to this team. Uh, you're right. Cousins is un- underappreciated uh, by drafters, and that's why he was available this late. 35 touchdowns from him last year. We had a commentary about how Thielen is always open 
uh, in the red zone. Well, Cousins is, a, you know, it takes two to tango, and he's been a big, big part of that. I think that uh, the receivers that go into 15, 16, and 17, while there's a lot of guys that fell asleep here, we've got some, we've got some guys to talk about as we move towards the uh, other end of the draft. Uh, Dodge is still hitting home runs. Smith, uh, Beasley still to be determined, and my favorite pick of the draft this late, Tyrell Williams, who, when he plays, does nothing but score touchdowns. This was a great draft by David Dodds. Uh, David Dodds, no stranger to success, as is the defending overall champion of the pros versus Joe's, Bip Lab Mandel. Very interesting draft. A lot of smack talking he had to deal with with John Terry in the the, uh, chat room on Blog Talk Radio. Here's how it ended up. Patrick Mahomes and Zach Wilson at quarterback. Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, J.K. Dobbins, Latavius Murray, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, and Elijah Mitchell at running back. Receivers, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Gallup, Antonio Brown, Brian Edwards. Tight ends, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, and O.J. Howard. So, Farrell, a lot of times when people will load up on volume receivers to try to get as much as they possibly can to cover up um, the, the fact that they ignored them early, they wait till the end of the draft. Bip Lab did not. He started in the fifth round and pounded him hard until the end of the ninth. So he got essentially five top 42 receivers despite going three um, running backs to start off his draft. He's obviously a lead at quarterback. He locks up the Saints backfield. Um, I don't know about O.J. Howard. I'm not too sure about Austin Hooper. Hunter Henry should be okay. But tight end to me is the weakness on this team. I think he's great everywhere else. Mm -hmm. I think you need one more quarterback just to ensure with injury. I think you should have got him in the 15th round when he got Edwards. I like Edwards, but not at the expense of a quarterback when you have Zach Wilson as your other quarterback. Now, his mix of wide receivers there in the middle, uh, for a while there I thought he was getting too much of the same type of receiver, explosive downfield guys, but he came back with pass catchers, Gallup and Juju Smith-Schuster, and Gallup is part of a group. It could be three receivers to catch a thousand yards. Only five teams have done it. Balky, here's here's a uh, here's a little trivia question for you. We all we all know in the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning at quarterback had three receivers with a thousand yards. That it was uh, Marvin Harrison and uh, Reggie Wayne. Who was the third one with over a thousand yards? Oh, Marvin Harrison, Reggie, Brandon Stokely. There you go, baby. You nailed it. And Brandon, you know, you're one of the few that can nail that. And, you know, Gallup is a similar type kind of player that you might not expect, but, boy, he could have a big, big year. So I really liked that draft. But there's just some holes in it tied in, and I would have preferred another quarterback. Um. I'm sorry, Giannis Antetokounmpo just hit 50 points. Your team and the is Bucks getting ready to win. get a championship. They're going to win. They're this, getting this ready great. to this get a championship. Oh, man. This, it's going this, to be you know, something I, And how many games and did I'll, you see live during the playoffs this year? I, I, You know what's funny? Farrell, I was at two games this year, including the only game they lost at home in the postseason, which was game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against Atlanta. And I, 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 I was like, you know, because my co-host for my um, – uh, terrestrial radio show in the afternoon is very superstitious. And he said, you cannot go to another game because they're going to lose. Well, me and my best friend went down there for game four of the NBA mm-hmm. final. And um, we went down there and we were just going to party in the deer district. Well, we ended up paying for standing room only tickets and we went in and I got to tell you one of the best experiences of my life. So I got to see two games uh, of this, you know, 
look, what looks like to be a championship run in person. I will never forget it uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, and, and this is something, you know, I, I got to call my dad after the show tonight. He just turned 70, Farrell, on, um, mm-hmm. on the day the Bucks won game five. And, and he saw one championship in his lifetime. I've never seen one in my lifetime. In fact, this will be the first time since the 1960s Green Bay Packers that a national sporting event will be won on Wisconsin soil. You know, the, the, the Super Bowl is different because it's, it's played, you know, wherever. Um, the, sure. the Milwaukee Braves, you know, and, and the Milwaukee Bucks, they won their titles out of the state. Um, so this will be the first time in, in you know, 60 years that a, a national sporting event is one on, on Wisconsin soil, and I only wish I could be down there in the Deer District to do it. Um, that's going to be it. Three, two, and one, and the Milwaukee Bucks are world champions. I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for words. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's so, so great. So great. I mean, Giannis Atetokounmpo, um, what, you know, what can you say? Um, this, this was great. And Farrell, as I'm doing pros versus Joes with you tonight, covering the best fantasy football players in the world, uh, drafting their, their drafts, which has prevented me from being in the Fiserv Forum tonight watching this game, I can tell you without a doubt that if I were to say there's no place I'd rather be than covering this draft, it would be a 100% lie. <laughs> but if I could be in two places, I'm, I'm glad I'm here and, and covering this draft with you. So let's keep going here. We just did BIP Labs team. Let's go over to John Daigle's team from NBCSportsEdge.com. He gets Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold as his quarterbacks. Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, David Johnson, James White, Joshua Kelly, and Kadre Allison from Atlanta as his running backs. DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Nicole Hardman, Rashad Bateman, and Nico Collins at wide receiver. Tight ends are Mark Andrews and Adam Troutman. Now, if you squint your eyes, you're going to see a lot of similarities um, to Biplab Mandel's team here with, with John Daigle. And I don't know if you know John Daigle's story, but this is a guy who gallivants all around the country. And, and he covers and he, um, he hangs out getting internet wherever he can to, to, and puts out his content at NBC Sports Edge and, um, and, and drafts where he can. I think he did a really solid job here tonight. It's, it's pretty close to Biplab Mandel's team. I don't like the upside of the receivers. I don't see how they're going to catch enough balls to help him win. That's Marquise Brown, Miko Hardman, Rashad Bateman. To a degree, Devo Samuel, which uh, Devo's uh, season was ruined uh, last year by injury, so I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong about that. So the receiver aspect uh, from the seventh round on, I don't like. He did a nice job with uh, landing David Johnson late as well as James White, who will catch a lot of passes for him. And I would rather someone else gamble uh, on the rookie tight end rather than myself from down in New Orleans. Um, moving on here, as I, my, my daughter is just thrilled that the Bucks won, and my wife just woke up and brought her down into the studio here tonight. She is loving life here. Congratulations, Emma. We did it. Um, moving on to Derek Kappas, the team that we talked um, in full about earlier in the draft, Farrell. Um, you have uh, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford at quarterback, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Devontae Booker, and Chuba Hubbard at running back, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Darnell Mooney, Rondell Moore, Emmanuel Sanders, and Deshaun Jackson at receiver, Logan Thomas, Gerald Everett, and Dan Arnold at tight end. Farrell, um, this was one of your favorite teams about two-thirds of the way through. Is it still one of your favorite teams in this draft for Mr. Kappas? 
Uh, continued to be, and he finished up with Deshaun Jackson. I wondered when we would see a little more Deshaun Jackson uh, in these drafts because that name will just not disappear from the NFL fields, and everybody believes that he's a if he's a big uh, a big touchdown making long distance wide receiver, uh, the speed guy of the NFL. I don't necessarily think he's got much gas left in the tank. I would have liked to have seen a little better uh, draft. From my standpoint, I don't think he needed the last tight end, Arnold, over the last three rounds. But, you know, through the first, uh, until Booker, uh, or through Booker, I was very, very thrilled with this team, and I would still have to be. I like this team a lot. I do, too. Uh, Derek Cap is, like I said, smart guy, and he, and he did what smart guys do in that draft, solid teams tonight. Over to DynastyDepot.com's uh, Nelson Burbitt, ladies and gentlemen. His team, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff at quarterback. The running backs are Derek Henry, Nanjay Harris, Josh Jacobs, Gus Edwards, J.D. McKissick. Uh, receivers, Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton, D.J. Chark, Terrace Marshall, Brashad Perriman. Tight ends, Blake Jarwin, Anthony Ferkser, Eric Ebron, and Pat Friermuth, I think that's the first time we've seen Friermuth drafted yep. in the pros versus Joes this year. And, Farrell, I'll, I'll point this out here. Um, I, am, I am officially against the Jared Goff pick. I think he waited too long at tight end. Um, I cannot really argue with, his, the, with the studs he got at running back, which I think a lot of teams did in this draft, save uh, Matt mm-hmm. Anderson. Um, but um, the receivers don't excite me. So I, I don't know. If, this is definitely not one of my favorite teams. I think it'll be okay, but I can't. I, I don't see this as a, like a top three or even top four team in this league. With all apologies to Nelson Verbit, who is my buddy. Nelson usually knows what he's doing, and I think he had a plan here. It probably skewed a little bit on him. That's why the fourth tight end, Fryermuth, who is my favorite tight end on this roster, uh, Baby Gronk may uh, may score him some points before the season's over. I'm not enthused with a lot of his players here. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Nelson's had better efforts. I loved it through the seventh round, but it went a little south on him after D.J. Chark in the eighth. And, uh, no, I, 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 think he, uh, I think he swung and missed here. And if he had it to do over again, we'd probably see a much different mix. Um. I'm trying. My phone is blowing up right now, and I'm not, okay. I'm gonna. I'm officially. I'm not touching it. I'm not gonna read any more text until <laughs> until the uh, until the broadcast is over. We only got about 12 minutes left here. Robert Coe, uh, the FFPC Joe, and now, again another accomplished Joe here. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton at quarterback. Uh, running backs are Mike Davis, James Robinson, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Giovanni Bernard, and Ramondre Stevenson. Receivers: DeAndre Hopkins, Ceedee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Henry Ruggs, T.Y. Hilton, Sterling Shepard, Christian Kirk. Um, tight ends are Darren Waller and Mike Kosicki. Now, Farrell, I'm on board with him only taking two tight ends. In fact, I would have been good with him just taking Brady and Ryan. The Cam Newton pick was questionable, but 18th round, I kind of get it. Um, you got a couple of old guys in at quarterback, okay. Um, now, it's fine if you want to go receiver early, and he got three studs in the first four rounds. I think he waited too long to get his fourth receiver in Henry Ruggs, with all apologies to you as a Raiders fan, as wide receiver 50. Mm-hmm in the 11th round. Now Hilton could come through. Sterling Shepard could have a couple of weeks. Christian Kirk could have a couple of good weeks, but that's not really their MO. Um, so in, and we talked about, I, I was fine with, I know you like Robinson. I know you don't like Davis. I think Davis is a good get for this squad, this build in round five and Gordon and, and Connor, I can get a, I, on board with. So again, doesn't look great from the running back perspective. I think it can work. I think the tight ends and quarterbacks are fine. The receivers, I think if you would have drafted a fourth receiver earlier than Ruggs, 
I'd like this team a lot more than I do. To gamble on Henry to deliver as the fourth receiver, but look at his fifth and sixth receiver, Bulky. That's exactly what you need here. T.Y. Hilton, who owns the Houston Texans, will get a chance to own them again. Sterling Shepard finished up the year with a double-digit receiving game, at least I believe it was, in the final game of the year. It, it um, he, he took advantage of the back end of the draft, I would have taken another wide receiver, and there was a couple I liked instead of Cam Newton. You're exactly right. Christian Kirk is the forgotten man out in the desert of Arizona, and I think he will score, especially early. There's nothing that to, to make me think that this team won't be a contender. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, let's go with uh, Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani squad right here, the godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joe's. Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ben Roethlisberger uh, at quarterback there. And then you're looking at Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson. He goes with him in the fifth round. Javante Williams, the rookie out of Denver, goes with him in the sixth. He also gets Naheem Hines and then skips running back for the remainder of the draft. Uh, Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith, Curtis Samuel, Russell Gage, Jalen Rager, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Travis Fulgham as receivers, and TJ Hawkinson, Evan Ingram, and Hayden Hurst at tight end. Farrell, I'm, I'm not on board necessarily. I know you like Hayden Hurst quite a bit this year because you do believe he's going to be on the field quite a bit despite the presence of Kyle Pitts. I, I don't know if I like him as much there. I think Evan Engram's okay. Hawkinson's a stud. But the, the position I really want to talk about here, I, I think he's all right at running back assuming Barkley's health. The receivers, though. I mean, Devontae Smith is your number two receiver, and I think Darren would, would admit this too. Like, you know, you get the 34th receiver off the board as your number two in, in round seven. You've got to make some hay the rest of the way. And Samuel, Gage, Rager, Valdez, Scantling, Fulgham, okay, they're all right for their value. Are they enough to make him get another FFPC main event free team by winning his league again? I don't know. Well, Darren would have done better if he had more research materials to turn to. That's probably <laughs> that's probably what held him back here. But, you, you know, the, the idea sometimes is that we draft last year's team, and I think that's what we've got a little bit with some of these receivers. Now, Samuel gets a new start, and we're yet to determine, you know, Smith is is a player, 165 pounds. We're going to watch him go run over and run away from NFL uh, defenses, and it could happen that there's a lot of could and wish, including the fact of his, uh, uh, is his quarterback going to come back and play? So, you, you know, there's just – there's just a lot of things that um, a, a lot of question marks on this team, and then the, you know, Travis Fulgham is is a player that I root for, but he's just an ordinary guy. And in the 18th round, I thought Darren would wow us. I love to be wowed in the late rounds. Uh, two quarterbacks, you know, if, if if you're you need quarterbacks, so he the two he got, I had no complaints with in Fitz and, and Big Ben. But it, quite honestly. Uh, He's left me a little cold here as we moved into the latter part of the draft. Now, a, a team that's left definitely plenty of players cold uh, and plenty of, 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 of watchers, viewers, uh, analysts of this draft is the team that everybody will be talking about tomorrow when these draft boards get posted on social media. That's Matt and Andrew Stone in the 10 spot tonight. Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr at quarterback. Okay, that's, that's solid. Fields could have a great year. Uh, Wentz and Carr should be entrenched all season. Running backs, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, Ty Johnson. Yee! Uh, I don't know about that. The receivers, <laughs> obviously the best in the league. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd, Mike Williams, Paris Campbell, 
Uh, and then the tight ends, Cole, Komet, Mo Cox, Jordan Akins. Farrell, this is going to sound like lazy analysis, but it was overkill on receivers and it was not enough at running back and tight end, in my, in, in my opinion. They love receivers so much that they punted not on one, but two divisions. And there were better running backs that could have scored them points than the guys that they took when they took them. Uh, Pollard, in this situation, is the last thing they needed, and that's what they took. Ty Johnson, bearing on the depth chart uh, for the New York Jets, I think that's all you have to say about that. The tight ends, uh, who knows? I appreciate each of those players. Komet is is a good physical-looking tight end. Uh, What's he going to do uh, in his, what I think is his second year in the league? Uh, I don't know. There's just not enough here. you know, this is uh, it, it's kind of uh, disappointing to see that they have this opportunity to compete. And if they had just quit, if they had just quit before Tyler Boyd and put a couple of uh, running backs on the on the board in those rounds instead of taking Boyd and, and Mike Williams, uh, perhaps we'd be talking differently about it. And we might, and and that's certainly food for thought there. Uh, I, I think as we followed the pros versus Joe's leagues throughout the season, it'd be very compelling to see how Matt and Andrew Stone's team turns out. Could be the winner. Probably not, in my opinion. All right, moving on. Marcus Grant from NFL.com, a first-time ever con, uh, competitor in the pros versus Joe's competition. Uh, Justin Herbert, Trey Lance, Taysom Hill at quarterback. Um, you have Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, Ronald Jones, Kenyon Drake, Tariq Cohen, and Jeffrey Wilson at running back. Uh, wide receivers, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, LaVisca Chenault, Corey Davis, Amon Ross St. Brown, Van Jefferson, uh, receiver, George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski at tight end. Uh, I think this will be the first time I say this about any team in the pros versus Joe's competition as we wrap up week one tonight. Farrell, I'm down with the build. I'm down with the balance. He just happened to take a lot of players I don't like, and I think that's why I can't give it a resounding stamp of approval here. That can happen. I love this team up through round 12, and then some things kind of came off. Lance and Hill are the same quarterback. I don't believe they belonged on the team. But at at 8 and 9, when he took Ronald Jones and Kenyon Drake, I thought he was really moving in the right direction. I like Corey Travis. He did not need Crowder. Uh, Tariq Cohen is an ideal basketball player. And Jeffrey Wilson, a running back, he took late. Uh, he might have hit the wrong button there because we all know that Jeff's not going to play this year. So it's a situation <laughs> where uh, he did rebound uh, in the in the 18th round. What a fine player he picked in Van Jefferson, a player that I think has the potential to be a 65-catch player with the Rams. Finally, as we wrap up our coverage for um, for draft number three tonight in PVJ, Edward and Mike Vu take Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson at quarterback. The running backs are Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Miles Gaskin, Alexander Madison, and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, receivers are Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Odell Beckham, Nelson Aguilar, Gabriel Davis. Tight ends Robert Tunyon, Irv Smith, Jared Cook, and Christopher Herndon. Farrell, they really loaded up at the quarterback and tight end position. I thought the fourth quarterback was obviously overkill. I think the tight ends are actually really good, considering Herndon's your fourth and Jared Cook's your third. That's fantastic. He's got three what should be bell cow running backs in the first five rounds, which is solid. But the receivers, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is your number four, Gabriel Davis is your number five, and then nothing behind them. They're going to need some Herculean performances behind Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, and Odell Beckham. Maybe they get them. They have a non-zero chance of getting them. But I think that this team is, is just not the type of balance you're looking for a, for a champ. 
It's unbalanced, but it is not a bad team. Aguilar and Davis, we love Davis. We don't think he's going to get to do the things that he got to do last year, but we could be wrong. Aguilar will drop a lot of them, but you know what? Uh, the Patriots have never done this before, so it makes me think they know something we don't. And if they can get the ball to Aguilar and he can do his thing, uh, he could be a big uh, point scorer for this team. I don't think they needed the extra tight end. I had a moment in the, in the spring where I was very optimistic about Herndon. Uh, the reports have not necessarily been good since then. I would have wanted another tight end if I was going to go over a fourth one, but I think that was overkill, and there were some good wide receivers on the board uh, when they took that tight end. So I I would have liked to have seen uh, a little better or a little different drafting towards the end, but all in all, it's a very good team. I'm going to stick with them. I thought Tunyon, uh, especially as he gets his quarterback uh, back, it was a real value, and I wonder why this tight end is not being drafted a little earlier. Farrell, uh, great analysis from you, as always, as you were uh, on point for all three nights of our broadcast this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for another two hours again. We will be back live uh, on Friday night. No live draft coverage, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get into a little football guys analysis with our guest from uh, 10, uh, 10 o'clock until 11 o'clock Eastern time on Friday. Everybody go register for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event at kffsc.com. Farrell, we certainly appreciate you hanging out, dude, and we'll do, the, do this again. We won't do this exact thing on Friday, but I'll talk to you again on Friday, man. Enjoy your victory, Balky. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Got to light up the cigar here shortly. <laughs> Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at Elliott, and you follow the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship on Twitter at KFFSC. I want to thank uh, Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com, Rob Vieira uh, for calling in tonight and talking a little bit about their draft. Um, that is going to do it for our program tonight. Thanks to Darren Armani, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, our producer, mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and most of all, all of you listeners for hanging out with us tonight, despite the NBA finals being on. All right. So I, I teased it earlier, 10, nine central. We will be back nine time, nine time football guys, league champion, Adrian Kessel will be our guest drafted a bunch of FPC teams this year. We're going to get his thoughts on how his drafts are going and how to win the big money this year. Register for the best ball tournament, the FPC. Get $400 off each main event team on your account today if you already bought one. And then don't forget that main event EDS deadline is in six days. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Bucks in six, your week continues now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. It's really weird when your team wins a title like this and you're working and you're on the air. Well, working in quotation marks, um, but it really hasn't sunk in. I haven't, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to celebrate right now. So many texts and, and calls to make. Thanks so much for listening and sticking this out. I know this wasn't my finest work, but I appreciate you all listening. And we'll be back 10, 9 Central Friday. Don't forget, more Pros versus Joes coverage the following week, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We ain't leaving, to quote 
Jordan Belfort in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. We're not leaving. We're not bleeping leaving. Go Bucks, Bucks and Six. Congratulations. And we'll talk to you on Friday, everybody.